Get ready for two hours of hard-hitting football talk. Straight from their jocks about the jocks. It's Football on the Know with Jim and Joe. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Football on the Know. I am Jim McPhee, and alongside of me is Mr. Joe DeCapita. What's going on, Odos? Welcome back for another Whoa. edition of Football Whoa. on the Know show. Oh, it feels so good to be back. Uh, hey, Woo. all I got to say is the offseason seems like it's slowing down, right? Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, of, there's a lot of quiet. There's a lot of big. There's here. still some big names out there. There's still some really good players that you can obtain for, for your team out there. Uh, but what we would like to obtain is some new know-it-all, some new members out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you would so kindly do so, if this is if you're new to the show and you want to get down with some hard-hitting football talk like we like to do, go ahead and search us up on, fo- on Facebook and YouTube, Football on the No Show. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell to let you guys know when we go live. Uh, become a know-it-all. Become a member. Trying to grow this thing. We're at in, on Facebook. I believe we're at 733 strong mm-hmm. uh, in climbing and YouTube. We need a little bit more help over there. So it, it, even if you're just on Facebook, if you wouldn't mind heading over to YouTube, also becoming a member on, on, on YouTube as well would be great. We're also on Twitter. Uh, we do our best to try to keep up with the, the latest and greatest news that happens around the NFL League. And uh, you can follow us there as well at FB underscore no. And if you're if you're a podcaster, if you if you you just like to listen to podcasts and you like the audio version of it, uh, listen. You can search us up on any kind of uh, podcast platform there is. We're there. Make sure you hit that follow button. Follow along with us, and uh, we'll be. It, listen, hang on for the ride, baby, because it's about to get rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, man. Uh, again, you talk about the news is kind of slowed down a little bit until even uh, just recently tonight. That's right. What uh, we got the, the Mike Tackett ticker went off here, Joe, and we've got the breaking news for everybody. That's uh, it. So it's great because we were about to start our show, so we made a little bit of an adjustment here. But Bruce Arians now is retiring as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, yep. So definitely. that is like uh, big news for especially the Bucs fans here too. And, and now – We've seen Tom Brady walk away from the game, retire, mm-hmm. and then now come back. We've seen now uh, Leonard Fournette, they bring back into the thing. They uh, put Chris Godwin on the franchise tag. So doing moves, making moves here and there. Uh, and you think that maybe they're going to make a run now back at the sea. And this division seems really weak at, at with Marcus Mariota now going to the, the Atlanta Falcons. And you don't have Matt Ryan there anymore. Drew Brees has retired still. And they, you, you saw what happened mm-hmm. with their, their quarterback situation last year. Again, still in the same type of situation. But now they have Andy Dalton back there, too, as an insurance policy. Um, but again, looked like they're destined to take this division. And now Bruce Arian reads, Arians retires, Joe. Uh, yes, what yes. kind of impact do you think might this play for this team? Uh, because, yes, Tom Brady gets his due diligence and gets his uh, dues for being who he is and, and being an awe-inspiring and getting this team to where it needed to be in just one season with them. But mm-hmm. Bruce Arians was able to tack on a lot of that credit, too, as well to get to that Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't, I, listen I, – Bruce Arians has done a, a fairly good job in his career as a head coach. However, he wasn't the end-all, be-all to that Tampa Bay team. That that team that won the Super Bowl, uh, that was driven on offense, obviously driven by, by Tom Brady, 
I mean, it's that simple. Wow. And with all the weapons that he had at his disposal and the good offensive, they just had a great team. And all they needed was to insert Tom Brady and, and, and or insert, insert a um, a capable starting quarterback to carry them to that Super Bowl and win it. And it happened, right? They bring in Brady. They happen. Bruce Aaron's like, oh, man, I'm a good head coach. No, not, not, not really. That doesn't make you a good head coach because you just had a basically a great defense and offensive team. Uh, but you nonetheless, are pirate hooker. <laughs> that's a good one. Unless Bruce Arians was the guy that was coaching everybody up and 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 being more of a uh, uh, more of a teacher than anything to to get this team where it needs to be, then that'd be different. But Bruce Arians, he's had he's had his uh, you know his, his situations, his episodes back in Arizona, which kind of you know the, the, as an organization they decided to move on from Arians. He ends up going over to Tampa Bay and becoming their head coach. And then, uh, you know, in Tampa, he even kind of flared up some, some disagreements with players, flared up some, you know, uh, some, some situations to the point where there was a little bit of a rift between him and Tom Brady, you know, down the stretch of the season. There was, we already seen the Antonio Brown flare up in the, in the middle of a game. And he ended up just quitting on the spot and left the stadium. Uh, so we, we've seen this kind of like rugged side of Bruce Arians to where he's kind of rubbed some players the wrong way. And it and it happened in a negative uh, in a in a negative, ten, you know, sense. So uh, Bruce Arians, don't get me wrong, was a good head coach, but not the elite or great head coach that some people want to push that narrative as. Uh, but. Tampa now without Bruce Arians, all I got to say is thank God they have Tom. Tom Brady decides to come back out of retirement after a couple of months and <laughs> said, mm-hmm. you know what? I can't do this. I got to play. I want to play. Let's go. Uh, so Tom Brady's there. So I would say this. If Arians left and Brady was gone, I would say this Tampa Bay organization is going to go through a major change because not only is this year's draft – weak in that position at quarterback but also the free agency period of quarterbacks has kind of dried up now uh not, now teams are looking at some of these backup quarterbacks to add to their to their organizations like cam newton's still out there of course right uh but andy dalton just recently got signed you know trevor simeon just got signed so the quarterback market's drying up even in free agency uh, so that, that would have been a bigger impact. I feel like a, a bigger flaw in Tampa Bay's plan going forward had Brady never came back. Uh, so, but with Tom there, I don't think they miss much. I mean, honestly, what's going to happen now is, uh, you know, Todd Bowles is going to serve as the interim head coach now for this upcoming season. And a lot of people, like I know, Jim, you felt the same way, is that, you know, what about Byron Leftwich? You know, he was up for head coaching jobs. And why not him? Well, he doesn't have any coaching experience. And for it to be such short notice right now, I don't think Tampa Bay wants to go into the season with an unproven head coach and or someone that with lack of experience and try to put all that pressure on him to not only run the offense but also be a head coach. So Todd Bowles, he's been a head coach before. He can handle it. I don't know if he's able to handle both things. We've seen him with the Jets where he had to be the head coach and the D coordinator. Didn't work out so well. Maybe it's going to be different with Tampa Bay because he does have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And then Byron Leftwich can still concentrate on the offensive side of the ball with Tom Brady, and they could still 
they could still compete for the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. All right. We've got Paul Matty in the house here. Uh, he says, what's up from Playa Linda Beach, Florida? What's going He's on, here. Paul? I'm drinking beer, he says. Excellent, bro. Oh, Excellent. there we go. This one's out for you then. We are drinking Ray's Energy tonight. That's right. That's right. Don't forget, go. go to repsports.com. Hit the promo code Raise them Up. That's our promo code to get the special offer here. Only from us at Football in the Know. Get your Ray's Energy now. Um, he says, uh, Bruce Arians still filling the roster spots. Arians pees in the shower. And uh, Arians, also Bruce was a great leader. He calls it how it is. And by the way, he says, A.B., was an asshole there you go it was past tense come on let's just say he just straight up is i guess right yeah we know you know he's an a-hole but uh yeah but i and i know it, 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 joe, joe is trying to say gets things flared up you see what happened with a blow up with ab but again we've seen ab blow up on uh a, you know house sitters and the police and uh, other players too as well talk smack about brady now that he's not even with them before talk about smack about other players now that he's not with them anymore any other teams uh so that's his own thing but i think joe has a valid point when you talk about uh bruce arians and what's happened with with getting uh on edge with some people and like paul maddie even make, makes up a good point here too maybe he is just a little too literal with people and not afraid to say what's on his mind so it rubs some people the wrong way especially uh people that are in the league players that have been coddled at times but think they're also superstars and when they're told a certain way and things to do uh it's hard for them to take that so uh but he was the coach and that's how you handle it but again you put your slapping, hands on putting your hands on somebody i mean you, people you see some of that even in high school football right now and, and there's a problem with it uh bruce arians doing it to grown men and and, and things on, on the sidelines i think is a problem too as well but i think the bigger story behind this too not even that he's retiring because you forget the, the health that issues that he's had throughout right. the years here, yeah. too. I swear the thing isn't even the Bose. <laughs> I think Bose makes his pacemaker right here. That was on his chest, though. I don't even know exactly <laughs> that that was the headset situation going on because I've never really even seen it here to there across somebody's chest before. Like, what makes that that much easier to do here That's than to style, do this? Baby. Like, it's style. very strange. Uh, but uh, But this opens the door to when people are talking about the difference between head coaches uh, and minorities not getting the opportunities and here or there this so happens that under Bruce Arians you had Byron Leftwich there you had Todd Bowles running the defense and the defense has been playing well for Tampa Bay one of those guys gets a shot now to jump into that role so on one part it's absolutely great for the NFL because yes, now they get another minority head coach into the into the fold here. Uh, so starting in 2022 season, there you go. You've not got another head coach, and and uh, Todd Bowles. I think Joe had said it before. He gets the shot too, just because he also has been in that role before. He's been a head coach for the Jets. Maybe not the, a lot of success there, but also, I mean. Think of the GMs that had gone through there, too, as mm -hmm. well, and the, the personnel that he's had. He has Tom Brady here to lead your team, a, a known vet, the greatest of all time in some people's eyes, uh, the weapons and Mike Evans and things also on offense, and then that defense that he does have control of. So it's a lot better situation for him moving forward, and I think overall, after it's all said and done after this, it's a bigger picture, better thing for minority coaches, I think, moving forward. Because if he's able to do well with this team and they have success, it is great for them moving forward because what also did Brian Flores kind of paint in that uh, 
that that discussion in that um, lawsuit that he put that people that were minority coaches were put into bad situations, set up to lose all the time. So I think if Todd Bowles is in this position here and they do well, I think that's a different narrative that can be spun. The only thing that I'll say about Todd Bowles is that he's failed once as a head coach. Right. Fail again as a head coach. And the only thing that I feel like is going to kind of – we already know that what's going to happen after the season. Todd again. Bowles will no longer be the head coach. <laughs> just it's just that simple. <sighs> and, and honestly, what does this mean for Byron Leftwich? We've, we've, we've talked about it multiple times on this show about how Byron Leftwich – that he, you know, his seat is heating up in a good way. Like he's getting mm-hmm. his name is getting passed around. Teams are starting to think about maybe possibly giving him a shot at, as a head coach. And then now it's like, okay, with the vacancy open, you think, oh, well, Leftwich is going to slide right over because he deserves an opportunity, right? Yes, he does deserve an opportunity, yes, but not yet because it's such short notice that they need someone that has experience at that position to kind of help take over and ease the burden that Byron Leftwich otherwise would have to endure. Uh, but I, I think that Leftwich, what's going to end up happening with him is like, just say, for example, uh, if his offense is, and I understand he's still got the pieces around, he's got Godwin, he's got Evans, you know, so far, no Rob Gronkowski there, there, Paul Matty. So far, no mm-hmm. signing there no with Rob, Tampa Bay. Yeah. So yeah. he's still out there. And, I think that with, with Tampa Bay, if he can be successful like he was these past several, these past couple of seasons, that's going to e- even, you know, even more, you know, build his resume as a, as a coordinator to the point where it's you cannot refuse to give him an opportunity. So that to me is going to help him even more for next off season, where I feel like next off season will be the season where he's going to be able to explore and take that 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 interview tour to be a new head coach somewhere. It could be with Tampa. It very well could be with Tampa because Tampa Bay, right now, they they have his rights. He's under contract. They could bring him right in and be like, hey, listen, Byron, here, let's do this little interview real quick at the end of the season, blah, blah, blah. Let's see what your philosophy is offensively. Let's see what your philosophy is on building this team post-Tom Brady because we all know that Brady's not going to be there for another five years. So you got to think about the future and how you're going to game plan to attack this roster. So after those interviews are taking place, who knows? Maybe he ends up just kind of sliding right in next season as the head coach uh, of um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and building his own staff. So uh, a lot of variables that are going to uh, fall into place for Tampa. We all know that you know now. Now that's the big news. Bruce Arians retires officially, and I want to read something real quick. Uh, Bruce Arians uh, had a statement that he said he goes. Uh, quote, he goes, it's the right time. Spending almost 50 years on the sidelines, uh, it has been one hell of a ride, end quote. So uh, Bruce Arians giving his farewell to Tampa Bay, giving his farewell to the NFL Football League. He is going to hang up his hat or hang up his pacemaker, whatever that thing was, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, call it quits. Uh, so Bruce Arians, he's going in following, uh, you know, um, the 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 head coach you know the from the saints you know now that he's gone too uh so these are two like big name coaches now mm-hmm. you know that that now have both decided to retire the same year where it's going to change bo- both their teams respectively uh their, their landscape that they got going forward 
Yeah, absolutely. It's Sean Payton and now uh, and now Bruce Arians. Uh, Mike Tackett's in the house with us tonight. He says, happy uh, Wednesday, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's good to see Mike Tackett in the What's house. Going on, Mike? He's the one that broke the news on our uh, group. Best, um, hashtag best offseason off ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. So far, it's looking pretty good. Listen, you know what I mean? all I got to say is that we called this, right? You know what I mean? we Think about before the season even ended. We were talking about what to possibly expect for this offseason. We thought there was going to be a lot of quarterback movement. There was going to be trades. There was going to be crazy uh, things that we did not uh, foresee. We didn't know in detail what was going to happen, but, man, a lot of big names signing in other places. A lot of trades happening. I mean, nobody expected Russell Wilson to get moved. You know what right. I mean? Like, there was speculation. But honestly, if you're a Seattle fan, you're pissed right now. You know what I mean? You're, you're like, why did we trade him away? And what is the the plan for after Russell Wilson? So it's like if all still, this stuff is happening. We still haven't heard from Tom Leiter since then. I know. He's in a cave somewhere, I, know, right? I think. <laughs> exactly, right? And then on top of all that... It's not uh, stopping yet after all these free agency signings that have taken place and these mega trades that have transpired. Now, what's that? There's a shit ton of talent in this free agency pool still. And I mean, big names. Bobby Wagner still hasn't found a home yet. Mm -hmm, He's doing mm -hmm, his due diligence mm -hmm. as a as a veteran professional in this league. He's taking visits. He's seeing what everyone's got to offer. And then eventually he's going to decide where he wants to play. Uh, a lot of people think the Rams. A lot of people think the Ravens because that's where he visited. Uh, but on top of that, you got guys like Odell who's still rehabbing from an injury. You got Julio Jones who has who's mid-30s but a really good player when healthy. And that's the thing. Can he stay healthy? Uh, so there's – and Jarvis Landry. Don't forget Jarvis Landry is still out there as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, that – not to say that Landry could, as simple as tomorrow or the next day, could re-sign with Cleveland now that Deshaun Watson's there. I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, and then on top of that, there's other talented offensive linemen, tackles, you name it. So Tyron Matthews, another big name is still out there, and, and Stephon Moore as well. So these names, Calais Campbell, he's another one. Still can play at a high level, but he is middle 30s, 36 years old or so. So... Um, these names, I feel like now that teams are starting to turn and focus on the draft, they're more they're trying to prepare their 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 um, their front office mm -hmm. for the draft. Now they're they're taking that turn and focusing on the draft. These big time free agents now. That's not to say they won't sign before the draft. However, it doesn't usually happen after this point. You know where you'll see like a huge signing right before the draft. So wait till after the draft. When you might see some of these dominoes fall, like a Tyron Matthew, a Stephon Gilmore, you know, a Jarvis Landry, an Odell Beckham, something like that, uh, Julio Jones. Then you might see some of those big names uh, decide to sign because all reports before we get to the draft is that they're all asking for big-time money. Mm -hmm. We've heard Bobby Wagner is asking for a one-year deal for $11 million to play middle linebacker somewhere, which, honestly, that's a lot of money for a middle linebacker. So um, don't get me wrong, great player, but... I don't know if I would pull the trigger on that. And all these players, let's see what teams do in the draft. And then after the draft, when they sign their undrafted free agents or whatever, then you might see like, hey, oh, wait, we never got a corner. Let's reach out to Stephon Gilmore. Boom, he signed there. Oh, wait, we need safety help. Tyron Matthews still out there. Boom, get him. So then you'll start to see the pieces fall, and the price will come down from all those big-name free agents 
not a ton, but it will come down enough to where teams will be more comfortable in signing him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense absolutely here. Uh, Mike Tackett says, um, uh, kind of seems odd that shortly after TB12 comes back, Arians announces his abrupt retirement right, right. before the draft. Right. My spidey sense is tingling. Exactly. And this is why this is where we can exactly. That's not really spidey is, sense. This, <laughs> this is where we were kind of getting at like, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady did have like, a rift. I don't want and, to put and, up with and, this and, shit And there anymore. was a little bit of a problem. So maybe, <laughs> maybe with Brady coming back, it was like, Brady, Brady, we need your help. We don't have an answer at quarterback yet. We, we need you to come back maybe for another year, maybe two, whatever. Um, would you please do that? Well, I'll come back, but I really don't want Bruce Arians there. Oh, okay, done. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that could have had, they could have had some kind of a conversation and, and that was maybe the, the moving piece that they needed to, to, uh, to attack in order to get this thing all consummated. So uh, maybe possibly, or is it could just coincidence? We'll never know we, we, we until never five learn, years until later, the 30 for 30 again or something. Who knows? <laughs> until five years later. Uh, and here goes uh, Mike. Um, uh, Paul Matty says, make no mistake. Brady is still the OC. There you go. Uh, he's part time. He's part time. Uh, Mike Tackett says, I think after the draft, those free agents that are still available will sign at a cheaper price. Uh, most likely, yeah. again, everybody's got That's their price until you know, feel it, it gets closer to the season, like you said, and then they're looking at teams, how they're developed right now, where they drafted, how it looks together, what, bi- what holes they them, still have. And the fact that they're still out there and they're not getting signed, I'm sure they still want to be out there playing. So uh, them and their agents will work whatever deal they can to get them out there if they can. Absolutely. Or else they're going to be retiring, much like Malcolm Jenkins just did, and somebody else just retired too. I can't remember, but um, some guys starting to retire. These older guys, these older Brandon Linder uh, um, from the Jaguars, the center. Yep, and so, I mean – these guys are, are falling in place here. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, I think this offseason after the draft, it's going to get even crazier because we're going to talk training camps and everything else. The, the nonsense going to yes. go on in there. And uh, Tyreek Hill is going to be here. And also you know, in, in the AFC East now, it, I mean, it's nuts. And that's the other thing, too, is that that free agent list, that pool is mm-hmm. going to get bigger mm-hmm. because there's going to be when when teams draft, they go into the draft, they draft some needs, they draft some wants, you know, whatever fits their uh, their draft board. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they might get an extra tackle. They might get an extra D tackle or something like that. But they have an older veteran on there that's cost them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They move on from those guys. They become salary cap uh, cuts after the draft. And then those guys are going to be available. So mm-hmm. it happens every single year. It's an exciting time. If you're a fan in the NFL, it's very exciting because you don't know where these guys are going to end up. They could end up on your team. They could end up on your rival's team. You don't want that to happen. So, uh but, yeah, it's, it's exciting nonetheless and can't wait for the draft. Absolutely. You know what team you want to be on is that is What the, team is that? The Mohawk Honda team, Joe. The Mohawk Honda we love team. Mohawk right. Honda. Where they go out of their way to please you. Like their slogan says it right there, dude. They take care of you. From the moment you drive your car up and stuff, and they say, who, you know, who the hell are you? Oh, hey, I'm here for an appointment. Oh, oh, yeah, here, come on. Come on, sit down, have a coffee, have some donuts, Sorry. chill out here. All right, uh, cool. I mean, they take care of you. And spring is here, Joe. We yeah. don't know it here in New York yet because it's up and down all the time, but I think <laughs> tomorrow it's showing up. Tomorrow's going to be warm. Tomorrow. God damn it. Thank you. You know what I mean? Uh, but spring is here. It's a great time to get into a new car, too, that new ride. They still got the Kelly Blue Book uh, instant cash offer going on, too, where they will give you 
top dollar for your trade-ins and stuff, mm-hmm. and then go in there and pick the car that you want, the one that you deserve, the payments you want, everything. Mohawk Honda, they go either way to please you. And also this month, go visit Mohawk Honda on Freeman's Bridge Road, and you can go to their sister store right there, the uh, Mohawk Chevrolet in uh, Boston Spa. And you can, uh, they are collecting athletic equipment for underprivileged kids in the That's capital region. Cool. That's right. Very Bring cool. the equipment to either location, and they will donate it out to the community and help some people out there that are underprivileged that want to be able to play sports that can use this stuff still. I know when awesome. my kids growing up, they're going through sports. I hang on. I'm not going to hang on to these old cleats and things like that. They're still great condition. But like you baseball know, I bats, them, get rid of bats you know, too, stuff well. like that, gloves, things like that. Yeah, that's so super amazing. Also, they got the plate challenge going on too, and that's funny to watch too. To watch that? these guys. Uh, they go and they think they race how fast they can switch plates, almost like a tire change thing for like the uh, NASCAR. I it need is to, wild. I, I just need to know: are power drills involved? Uh, I don't think so. I think somehow it's they all got to be manual. I think, right? so. I think it's got to be manual. Gotta I don't think manual. they can use power drills. Uh, and and to fight to find the right place, the right vehicle, the right spot is to go is to Freeman's Ridge Road. Uh, check them out, mohonkonda.com, where they go out of their way to please you, Joe. That's right. That's the winning Excellent. team for us. And the winning team for you guys is obviously to be here with us at, at right. uh, Football right on the No Show and Godzilla Media. All right. Uh, Paul Matty says uh, here, I like the mini helmets on the desk. Yeah, we tried Thank to switch you, it bro. up. This season, uh, there is more stuff to go on. Uh, By the way, Steve Murray, who, if you guys haven't know, our voiceover guy, he is also the voice for the DJ on EA Originals game, Knockout City. So if you guys haven't downloaded Knockout City or played Knockout City yet for Xbox and PS5 and, and PC, Play Knockout City. You get to hear the the beautiful angelic voice of Stephen right. Murray through your headphones and, and through your speakers while playing that game. Uh, he did some more voiceovers for us. We're going to get a new intro going for you guys. And we also decorated the studio some more. You saw the paneling. We have stuff. We're going to unveil yep. some more of that. So we did some switching up. And I'm glad you noticed, Paul Matty. We're trying to spice it up every now and then right. uh, for you guys to make things fresh. Uh, but spicing up and make things fresh, too. That's going to carry on to my next segment here, Joe. <laughs> Even though some people might not like it and they're kind of like, eh, whatever. But Hard Knocks, they go to Detroit now. The Detroit yes. Lions are going to be on Hard Knocks. Finally some and recognition in n- Detroit. Yeah, and it's not the <laughs> Cowboys again. All right, you know. I kind of like it. A lot of people were kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, well, they just stink. Well, they're not going to grab a team that's really super, you know, good all the time and doesn't talk. Like, that's why the Patriots are never on there and mm-hmm. things like that. Detroit, they had something to prove last year. Again, mm-hmm. we already knew they weren't going to be a great team. Dan Campbell set the bar right there when he was even like, I'm bringing in a live lion and we're going to bite the kneecaps off of people. He's wearing a crazy helmet on in press conferences. And dude in the in the locker room just had it. He had the emotion from the fire to the crying on top of it. And you saw that team get behind him and really played some of the tougher teams really tough and had some surprising wins too as well. And they got screwed on a few last year too, they if you remembered. Did. Yeah, definitely did. So I'm excited to see that for Hard Knocks. I haven't watched Hard Knocks in years. And this kind of brings me to it. Like the fact that they're doing this, they have something to a guy that the emotional guy they can get behind. And maybe we can see some changes with this franchise. And they have their opportunity on this type of platform to prove they're not that terrible franchise. uh, uh, is shambles can never win ever again. Cursed uh, run poorly. Um, they're just going to prove that it's that is definitely the Jets here on this one, Joe. Yeah, and that's the thing too is you, what you saw from Dan Campbell. This 
I mean, in his first season as a the real head coach of the Detroit Lions, he not only just came out, and, and we hear this all the time, a new coaching regime comes in, and they're like, we're going to be competitive. We're going to put it right to every opponent we face. We are not going to give up. We're going to play 60 minutes. You know all the cliches that they say. And for once, for once, not only did Dan Campbell come in there with just such raw emotion and con- conviction, you know, I mean, a guy that really believed in himself and his coaching staff and his team and his players that he had at his disposal. He kind of changed our mindset a little bit on Detroit Lions as an organization. You know, I'll tell you this right now. Me personally, I never gave them a, a shot last season. I thought they were going they didn't have much of a defense. Okay, they got Jared Goff, but how is this going to work going forward? Not many weapons around him. And then, what do you know? I mean, for a team that you kind of just write off and say, well, they're not going to be really much competition for anybody. Uh, but, man, were we wrong. Uh, Dan Campbell went in there with, with, with his tenacious attitude that he had. And this is something that Detroit needed as an organization. A guy that's demanded demanded respect. A guy that went in there and said, listen. I have a vision. Follow me. I'm going to take you to it right now. So, uh, so he goes right in there, gets the job done, and not only the team was competitive, but they had a lot, and I mean a lot, throughout the season, a lot of competitive games where they kind of just came up short by a little bit, by a field goal, by four points, and a little, maybe a little nudge, maybe, maybe a few more defensive players you know, this past season, and they win those games. Or maybe a few more weapons on the outside for for Goff to throw to, and maybe they win that game. Uh, So for an organization that quickly has become a at least a competitive team right now, we all know that they have a ton of work to do going forward, but they are a a team to kind of keep an eye on. You know, and this is where in the NFL, actually, you know, they're they're following behind Detroit right now because – they're saying, okay, we're going to make the, the HBO uh, uh, staff picked Detroit Lions. They, they asked them, like, would, would you mind us coming in? We're going to do the, uh, the hard knocks. We want you guys to be a part of it. And for the Detroit Lions to be picked to be on hard knocks, and on top of that, then all of a sudden you hear the news about 2024, they're going to also host the draft. Uh, so this is something that even the NFL is taking a notice to, and they're saying, hey, this is, a, this is an organization. They're not there yet by any means, but this is an organization that we could see get better year after year. So uh, with, they have some pieces. They got their quarterback. You know what I mean? They have, their, they have the, a good backfield at, at running back. You know, So uh, they got to build some more pieces around him, obviously. Maybe shore up that offensive line a little bit better and then attack that defensive side of the ball. And then this team could could surprise some people down the stretch. Yeah, I think it's cool because we see take a peek behind the curtain, see what they have going on here. And the city needs it. And the the team does, too, as well. It, it's a some fresh look for them. And, that, and that's something that you, the old ownership, you know, they still have the owner there but now they the sit the 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 daughters and stuff are now running the show you could see the fresher younger feel to it all and um and like you said now that sets up for them to have 2024 the nfl draft's going to be there you saw what unfortunately they don't have a new stadium like what vegas has done here but you see what they uh the league has been trying to do with the vegas raiders and stuff and now with the moves that they've made on top of stuff too vegas is looking really young fresh the hot commodity right now 
they're pumping it up. Hopefully, in a few years, they can get Detroit to that. You know, but we'll see. Right, we'll right. see what happens. But that's, that's what the, they're looking at. And that's the other thing too. It seems like the NFL is taking like a they have a formula now in place. Mm-hmm. Like when they see an, a team that might be more competitive or getting better, it seems like that they're the ones that are kind of next up for right. A, for hosting a keep, Super Bowl mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. or or even hosting the draft, like mm-hmm. the Vegas Raiders. This this draft. They're hosting, so mm-hmm. uh, so we'll see we'll see where all these teams wind up. There's a lot of craziness that's still yet to happen, but uh, nonetheless, whew, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Detroit needs all the help they can get, is what Paul Maddie says, and he's still drinking beer. Yeah, all right, Paul. all right. I'm still drinking rays. Still drinking rays. There we go. <laughs> I'm feeling good though. Uh, like, how are you feeling, feeling on that beer, buddy? It sounds energized. like you're feeling good. That's awesome. Hey, Paul, uh, what are you drinking though? By the way. Yeah, let us know. Let us know in the comments. By the way, everybody else out there too, uh, feel free to comment too about anything we're talking about here and too. And also, if you have any kind of questions too, we, we're free to jump off topic too. We always uh, have fun doing that and talking right. about anything. What do you guys want to talk about? Let's Listen, well, we too. are the most interactive show. That's right. And we mean to stand by those words. So whenever you comment, listen, like our boy Paul Maddie, who's been one of the one of the best know-it-alls out there. You know what I mean? Mike Tackett, mm-hmm. just to name a couple. You know, mm-hmm. Tom Leiter, wow. where are you, bro? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but nonetheless, you know, we like to talk, you know, we like to talk shop. We like to talk about the NFL. We'll talk about anything that you want. Fantasy, the draft, you know, your team, like what they've done so far in free agency, what we think that they might be doing in the draft. So anything you guys want or if you want to vent, we're here. Think, consider us your therapist Mm -hmm. of the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know what? We need to have Raider Bear on sometime, I think. We could definitely do that. You poked the bear. (laughs) Especially after, especially after, you know, now what's happened with his Raiders, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, You know, and being a a, a diehard fan, uh, you know, if you don't know who Raider Bear is and you're a Raider fan out there, uh, make sure you check him out. It's Raider Bear Live. Uh, He does a great job of covering the Raiders. uh, Very knowledgeable, has a little bit of insight, uh, you know, on, on certain things that happen in that organization. And, uh, a great dude, all in all. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Paul Matty says Mick Ultra. There you go. He's doing the Mick Ultra. He's got Ultra. the Mick Ultra. He, so he's going to leave watching the show for a little bit and go potty a bunch of times. <laughs> unless he takes it in the bathroom with him. him. <laughs> unless or else he watches us in the shower and he pees in the shower. There you go. Oh, boy. And then Paul Matty will be a guy who pees in the shower. There you go. Awesome. All right. So, and that'll roll us into our next topic, Joe. All right. All right. So this week. Early on this week, the NFL had their owners meeting again here. And again, what happens is they go and make some changes here. And every team goes to try and vote for something different they want to do. And maybe Mm -hmm. they'll make adjustments. Maybe they won't. First thing we're talking about here, Joe, we're going to bring up the whole thing about now the NFL clubs. uh, They passed the rule to change uh, to ensure both teams would possess the ball at least once in overtime in postseason games now. Yeah. We saw what happened after the Buffalo loss, and there was people crying out oh, yeah. in all oh, over the place, Twitter, everybody having a heart attack uh, because the Buffalo Bills, they didn't get a shot, and blah, blah, blah. And know? if they did, they would have won and all sorts of things. It's all this stuff, and people crying. There's Buffalo fans. There you go. Uh, you would have thought Tom Brady didn't get a shot or something like that. But, right. Uh, <laughs> overtime rules are overtime rules. You have the whole game to figure it out how to win. Four if quarters. you couldn't do it, you can't do it. Your defense, stop them. That's right. it. Hold them to a field goal, then you're not talking about this. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they decided to change it, and here you go. Now, every team, 
no matter what, gets to, gets to do it in the playoffs. Now, once you reach the, reach the playoffs. So if the team Playoff scores a touchdown overtime. in the first set, all right, boom. Now you guys have to at least score a touchdown right. to bring it back. Field goal ain't going to cut it. No. If the other team goes four and out or goes, drives down, cannot score, then the other team that gets it, they absolutely get another shot. Mm-hmm. They just need a field goal again. Mm-hmm. So both teams absolutely get a chance. There yeah. you go. Nobody's going to cry anymore. This and, is and ridiculous. Like that. And there you go. This is absolutely um, ridiculous. I mean, why? Why do we keep changing rules that don't need to be changed? Mm-hmm. Honestly, we should go back to the old rule mm-hmm. where it was sudden death. Sudden death means sudden death. If you can't stop the team or you can't score on a team, you don't deserve to win. That's it. Next score wins. That's what it needs to go back to. All this crying, whining. Oh, but my team, what if they had one more opportunity? What if my team had one more opportunity? Hey, let's go to a college system. Let's start at the 20-yard line and see how many, and see if you can uh, score there. And then the other team gets an opportunity and then they score there. Stop. Just stop. Both teams do not need a shot. I'm sorry, Paul. I, I, di- I disagree. Listen, there's a reason why they there call it go. sudden death. There's a reason why there's overtime. It's to end the game. Yeah, and, exactly. And, 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 there you and, go. And you, if you have four quarters to win it and you don't succeed, you got to do it in overtime. So first score, it should go back to first score wins it. End. If a team drives down, they kick a field goal, there, game over. It's done. Your defense couldn't stop them. Or if you're offensively and you can't drive and you turn the ball over, you got a punt, all right, well, and they score, done. It's done. That way, uh, games don't overrun. And here's the thing. Everybody got time for that. Everybody wants their team to get an an opportunity to tie it and, and, and maybe win it and all this other thing. The NFL doesn't want games to go on forever. And it seems like they're catering to all to a lot of people that say, oh, well, you know, both teams should get an opportunity to tie it. But what happens if they've tied it three times now? What if each team has kicked nothing but field goals <laughs> and then it's still tied? And now we're like 12 to 15 minutes into it's almost like playing another quarter at this point. And now it's like, what the hell? Are we ever going to get a thing? And not to mention, we bring we bring up the, also the fact about the season being longer, mm-hmm. leading to may, possibly more injuries, leading to a lot of things. And now on top, you're going to extend games. Mm-hmm. That I don't think it's the right I don't think it's the right idea. So um, I'm all for changing the rule one more time and do it right now and bring it back <laughs> to what it used to be: sudden death is sudden death. First first team to score wins and done. Boom and. Uh... The uh, it's kind of funny how they're going the opposite of what baseball has done. Baseball is done the extra innings, and they and figured goes, out that, that it goes, goes way too long. So now they're trying to figure out ways to make it as short as possible. They'll put a guy in right. second. They've tried everything to try and make it shorter to just end this damn thing. You know what I've always and wanted them to do. And now is trying to say, well, it's not fair. Everybody's got to possess it both right. times. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And, and the fact Listen. that, like you said, it could keep going. And, and, you know, they want do now do they want both offenses to be able to have it right? But this is yeah. But this is the thing, though, is, is that it it's, goes back to that that mindset of everybody gets a trophy. You know, everybody wants an opportunity to mm-hmm. win the game. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants an opportunity to tie the game, to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Stop. Okay. Just stop. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the only thing I could say to where 
Uh, Paul Maddie here. I might be on your side. I'm not on your side, but I'm going to say this. Hold on. Let's see what these guys say. Okay. Oh, okay. Fair enough. He says both teams. There is no and he timeout. says, there is no timeout on my next Mick Ultra. There you go. Awesome. Uh, what now an only way to kind of make it similar to their argument, say NHL mm-hmm. shootout. That would be like, I guess if you got Field your guy go down and then he's got to try and beat your goalie goalie's your defense. And then he can score, and, well, that's it. You, well, your one offensive guy had to beat your defensive guy. He did it. Game's over. Honestly, that would go – if it's football, transition to football, then it comes to field goal kickers. Right. Start at the 40. Right. And you if keep you keep kicking five-yard increments going backwards to do, like, a, right. a kickoff. Like, but I think he's trying to see an offensive guy trying to go against a defensive no. thing. If they score, then it's over. That's not fair. But they have already made adjustments to that, though. Because then, again, uh, if they only hold him to a field goal, you could still go back and get it and still go. Uh what happens if it is both offensives need to take the field? Uh, say the one offense has it, they turn the ball over to defense scores, mm-hmm. and is the, is the game over then? Game's over. Because they did not get to possess it Game's again. Over they possessed it they right scored. there. That's their second possession. Yeah, game scored. So that, that could be it right there. But, but uh, here's the thing. is like if, And here's, here's something that like if everybody wanted, this is the only thing that I would kind of agree to. If both teams are going to get a chance – to do it like I've always liked the way college does it, mm-hmm. where you start at the twenty. <laughs> say you get a t- say you get a touchdown. You start at twenty, you get a touchdown. Now the other team gets it at their yeah. at at the opposite twenty to score a touchdown. If they don't get the touchdown, it's game over. Mm-hmm. But at least you take away those drives all the way down the field, chewing up clock, making it longer. Mm-hmm. That way, and even if a team doesn't score and they kick a field goal, now the other team they score a touchdown, game over. Like. I've always liked the way college has done it in the NCAA for football. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought, what would it be like if, if the NFL adopted that same kind of overtime thing where now if, if, you need, if you need, if you absolutely must need both teams to at least have a shot, then that to me is the, is the best way to do it because you're not taking a, a super long time you know, both teams can either score a touchdown, kick a field goal, whatever, and then the other team gets an opportunity. If they don't match it, then they lose. And that's it. It takes away that, that, that big, long drives up and down the field and chewing up clock, and, and then who knows, maybe after, after uh, 10, 12, 15 minutes in overtime, nobody scores. Now it's mm-hmm. another overtime. Now we're, going, now we're playing almost like a game and a half craziness so mm-hmm. uh take all that out if you're going to do something like this where both teams need to touch it then quite simply adopt the college overtime rules and let's see how that works out like you said one the meaning year. of overtime is to finish the game because right. you Get guys weren't able to do it in regulation not to keep giving everybody tries to keep right. trying it again to keep it going it's to end the game in finality because you guys weren't able to do it within regulation Absolutely. Uh, Paul Matty says, field goal kickers step out of the shower to pee. Excellent. There you go. That's another. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Um, I'm doing a great job. He's doing like a great when job. I was a pro football kicker. Yeah. True stories. It is. Yay. Now I can fist bump with black guys. Nailed the Peter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We going to the club tonight? Not you. Okay. That, that's what field goal kickers are Jamie doing right, right now. They're not, uh, but they might be in the shower too. All right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, exactly. That's how I feel the same way, Joe. It's there to end the game. That's what it's there for. Enough Sudden with the death. nonsense. So go for it. Let's go back to the old school days. Maybe we're just old school. But all right. So the, one of the other topics, uh, actually, before we get into this other one here, Joe, mm-hmm. 
I'm feeling kind of nippy down here still, too. Because you know it is going to be springtime here. Really? Tell me some good news about springtime coming and maybe what our friends at Johnstone Supply can do for us mm-hmm. after these cold winters are hitting us and then we can well, get into spring. Finally, when we get out of the cold months, you know yeah. what I mean? We're, we're, I feel like we're done with like the storms and the winter and, and all that, but it's still a little bit chilly out here. So um, it's listen, it's never too early to start thinking about how to keep your home cool, your apartment cool uh, for this upcoming summer. Uh, call now for pre-summer. That's right. Pre-summer pricing on John Goodman Central Air Conditioners. Or if you're looking to go with the Fujitsu mini splits, they've yeah. got them too. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, and if if you're a homeowner that's mulling your options and 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 you want to get hooked up with a local contractor, call Johnstone Supply, and they've got you covered from head to toe. You know what I mean? You got any kind of question, they'll give you an answer for it. Uh, so make sure you give them a call. They have the lowest prices on Milwaukee tools, guaranteed the best quality products at unbeatable prices. Uh, stop into Sixth Avenue in Troy, New York, uh, to learn more. And also, also you can call Johnson Supply at 518-272-5922. That's 518-272-5922. Uh, listen, this is a right here, upstate. Johnson Supply is very prevalent, but they also have other locations. One in, I believe, in Seattle, one down in Florida. They're around. Make sure you hit them up, get some answers to help you guys out to stay cool. Yeah, absolutely. Check them out, uh, Johnstone Supply. They're great. I'm going to be giving them a call pretty soon. Um, all right, uh, Paul Manny says he's got to go downstairs for a new beer. There you go, BRB. Paul Manny. Keep it going. <laughs> you're going to keep that going. I'm going to keep doing this, too. Maybe just so it gets you to pee, too, because I know you're drinking the Big Ultra. I'll just keep running water or something. See if you get, I mean, so you got to keep going. All right. Uh, he says USFL, too. That's right. You know, um, coming up. Yeah. Coming you guys up feel quick. free to post in our group like, up out there about the USFL, too, if you guys if, want. If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, I think the USFL starts uh, like in like about a month is it a couple of weeks now because i think it's like the 23rd i think is the first game if i'm not mistaken i think it's in april at one point uh i get that mixed up maybe yeah, with the nal too yeah. because i know the nal is starting up but so i'm sorry too. i'm sorry usfl i'll be watching the draft there you go i know that's what we'll be doing that and we're getting still uh logistics down and everything else too about the nfl draft too as well draft special so we will get you. a draft spell special out to you guys we're just going to get all the details ironed out and we will post it on our group page too so make sure you guys if you aren't group members yet make sure you join football on the no show group we're growing we're getting bigger daily we're up to 700 and something plus if you haven't already joined join ahead bring your friends along with you too we want to grow our family together and in also, while you're there, go to YouTube and hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, let you know every time we go live. All right, Joe, another rule change that has happened uh, during this whole time here is the NFL makes mm-hmm. adjustments to the Rooney rule again. That's right. That's right. To, add, to aid another minority change. hiring, Joe. Another change. Another change. <laughs> and um, again, I understand the, the narrative or what they want to do here. And I get I know there's still issues with some people. Some people, you just can't change your mind to what they think. Uh, you would like to say that most people are going to think in the most positive light, that they really have true, truly good intentions when they do things, uh, that what they're saying is truly what they mean. Um, John Mara came out today or, or the other day and uh, said um, about the Brian Flores thing because that lawsuit is still out there. 
And he says, listen, we are not settling in court on this. We're fighting them together against this whole thing because they feel they did nothing wrong. They went and they did their homework and they grabbed the guy that they wanted. But with all this looming over them and the changes they feel that still need to be made because there has been kind of a, 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 a lower amount of uh, head coaches uh, that are uh, minorities in the, in the NFL and now offensive minded coaches here, they decide to go with the change here. And Joe, what is the change that they had made about um, getting more women were also added to this, but then also minorities. All I got to say is Paul Matty just chimed in. He says, Mick Ultra is fucking water. I told you that. <laughs> I told you that. Well, here, I'll let you guys but know. Anyway, right? You got it? Listen, uh, the updated uh, Rooney Rule change uh, yet again. Mm -hmm. uh, they've kind of re, uh, reassessed and, and reconvened and decided to do something a little bit different with the Rooney Rule. Uh, one being uh, that every thir all 32 teams have to. It's mandated. They it, have mandatory, to hire yep. either a woman or a minority offensive assistant uh, to their team. But here's the, here's the kicker. This is why I think this is amazing, is that none of your teams are going to be paying for them. Yep. The NFL is covering their salary for one year. So they, have, they all have one-year deals. Thank you, NFL, for giving me an extra pair of hands to help develop my team. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. on the NFL to pay mm -hmm. for this assistant, mm -hmm. and it's an offensive assistant, not so much defensive, but offensive, uh, to help encourage uh, more minorities and women on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and who knows? Maybe this might lead to maybe a coordinator job down the road or whatever. You never know. You never know what's going to happen in the, in the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Mighty says, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, please. Uh, but so what if if they hire Jesus? Is that what he's saying? Maybe they they're going to hire Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is technically a minority, That's right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that could work. Might. That could really <laughs> help your teams out there. Yeah, it could. Make sure you get on the horn right now. Mm -hmm. Call Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, but but nonetheless, <laughs> but this is all this is all you know new news that that just kind of came out of NFL meetings, and we're still trying to kind of wrap our, our brains around the the, the the fine details of it. Uh, but that's the gist of both of these kind of big changes uh, for the NFL going up going into the season. Uh, the only other thing that kind of piqued my interest a little bit is not to say like the NFL hiring, uh, whether it be a woman or, or uh, a minority to be an offensive assistant. But what happens after a year, a team could quite simply, if they liked the, you know, their, their progress, liked uh, how they handled the team, maybe they hire them to a three year deal or something as an assistant. And that might grow in a couple years if they're doing a, an, a great job. That might grow into maybe a, a, a stern position. Like maybe you end up becoming a linebacker, or not a linebacker. Maybe you become an offensive line coach. You know, may, maybe you end up becoming, you know, a tight ends coach or something like that. And then after a couple of years, maybe you start getting noticed. Now all of a sudden, now you're up for maybe coordinator gigs. Uh, so. It could develop into something, but then if it does, does that mean that with this other new rule that the NFL has, by getting an, a, an, another team hires that minority or woman from a team to another team, does that previous team get compensated with draft picks like the new rule states for a lot of these minority coaches that, get, that have been getting pulled away? So uh, that's Ooh, something to kind of think about and ponder. Uh, so for the first year, free on the house on the NFL with the assistant.
And then from there, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, because that's the thing about it, too, is like you get these people and the NFL is going to cover it here, uh, a one-year contract. And, again, now you've – and the idea is, too, they, they have it set up, too. So there's systems where they have to work directly with the head coach and things like that to learn and, and train. And now if they're able to do so and they are offered a job from a different organization – you can benefit from that again. So these two recent rules now are working hand in hand together. Right. And I think it's just kind of interesting um, that, or mainly that it's coming about just because of the Brian Flores thing. Cause if you look at the, the studies still in stats, yes, they, they, you could say there has been a, a, um, um, uh, the head coaches uh, of color and things like that have yeah. kind of regressed a little bit. Yep. Um, but, if you looked at the stats that in 2021, they were up from 35% to 39% of coaches mm -hmm. that of minority in mm -hmm. the NFL last mm -hmm. year. So there was a 4% raise. Right. And that's even on a, a past two COVID years. Right. To where Down a lot of years. people weren't even able to show up, weren't right. able to go to work, weren't able to do things. And uh, to where even Flores had said, you know, uh, and I think they even said it in this new thing too that – Hiring is not going to be done amongst Zoom. You cannot do Zoom meetings on hiring. No. You have to be face-to-face -face now right. altogether. No virtual. Uh, no virtual anymore. And um, well, it should as be like far that. as the women, too, you've seen them develop into more coaching roles as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. And I happened to find out, too, that last season, 2021, mm -hmm. there were 12 women in coaching positions. That's the most it's ever been with Absolutely. the NFL as well. So you saw that there was growth. Yeah. And and like I said, you you see it already trending that way. So something has already kind of been changing in the NFL and already. amongst owners and everyone already. And the fact that they had to change it again or like try to advance it that much quicker and pinpoint it directly at offense because there's just a lighter lack of you know, a lack of coaching in mm. the offensive state that it's targeted to a certain amount and you know where it's spun off to. Yeah. I really don't think they really needed to do it because, again, you're seeing progress. Right. Um, but I think it's, it, it, it's, it's just another way they're forcing it out. Here's the thing. You brought up Ryan Flores, and some new updates have happened with mm -hmm. his case that he's got. He's taken the NFL to court. Uh, he, he just has received two additional plaintiffs will join. Uh, the former Dolphins head coach, uh, mm -hmm. Brian Flores, in his lawsuit. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's starting to gain a little bit of traction in terms of other people's support and joining him in this in this pursuit uh, against the NFL. And hopefully justice is served. That's all I'm going to say because mm -hmm. – and, and this brings me to my next point as well is uh, we, we're talking right now about equality and we're talking about, you know, minorities getting more chances, you know, now in the offensive role – uh, because the NFL doesn't view that as being, you know, as predominant uh, with women and, and minorities getting into that role to become maybe future offensive coordinators or maybe even quite possibly head coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, but here's we, we've kind of said this a couple times on our show. We've already kind of like kind of beat this kind of like a dead horse in, in a sense. But change will change to the, the point where people want it to be. Mm -hmm. We'll never get there. Unless there's minority ownership, bottom line, because a lot of the, I mean, 
I'm just going to call them dinosaurs. A lot of the dinosaur owners that have been in this league for many, many years, whether it be their family that's been in, in, in the league for quite some time and it kind of gets handed down, handed down, handed down, or they just been there. Like Jerry Jones has been uh, the owner of the Cowboys for since I can remember. Like it's insane. I think the guy doesn't age anymore. Uh, but then you got guys like Stephen Ross. He's in the Lazarus who, pit all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know. Then you got Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, who where this is kind of where it gets a little weird. You know, yeah, Stephen Ross was paying Brian Flores to lose games purposely. And if that's the case, and if that's really true, then that kind of makes my mind kind of, you know, the gears kind of turn a little bit. But like, hey, listen, if you're paying him to lose games, was that because you wanted to fire him at the end of that season to move on from him? And that way you're like, oh, well, he just didn't do a good job. So we're going to move on from that. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to hire, you know, someone, someone. Was that just to get him out of the building? Because... It's really kind of fishy. Like, now that this is coming up, and now he has this lawsuit going against the NFL, listen, he's got supporters going into this mm-hmm. lawsuit. So there is some smoke right now. You know, and where there's smoke, there's fire. So whether it be guys like Stephen Ross, the owners that are kind of like that in this league, I'm not saying all owners are like that because they're definitely not, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there are some owners that either their families have been there for generations or they have been there forever to the point where they have certain feelings. Maybe they're racist, and, and maybe they don't want to adhere to these Rooney rules and, and these regulations that the NFL is putting on them. So until ownership changes, and, and this is kind of, we've seen this, like, I believe, what, what was it? Uh, the, the Panthers were up for yeah, sale the because the yep. owner got mm-hmm. kicked out, out of his seat mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and they had to sell the team. Yep. There was a little glimpse of hope mm-hmm. that guys like jay-z and, and guys <laughs> like and, and other minorities were uh, kind of grouping together that guys that have a lot of star power and a lot of money maybe they could have invested and bought that team and if that happens that's when that is when change will happen mm-hmm. that is when when you get rid of these owners that have been there for years and years and years or their family and they get rid of that mindset that that clouded mindset that because the color of your skin is the reason why you should not be at, as, a, as a head coach or a coordinator or what have you, an assistant, uh, a position coach. That's got to get thrown out of the window. Like, we, come on. We, as a society, we need to move forward. We need to start. Listen, just add to your, your staff the best freaking coaches you can, regardless of gender, regardless of uh, of of the color of your skin or where you used to come from or your culture or anything like that. We got to move on from that. It's time to move on. It's time to just add the best coach you can possibly or assistant or, or position coach. Add the best possible person for that, no matter what. And that's where some teams are, are, are going mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we like even like look at look at look at the Raiders. I, I'll go to the Raiders like, OK, yeah. They have Josh McDaniels as the head coach. Listen, he's been in the league. He deserves to be the head coach again, I guess. Give him another shot. But what did they do in the front office is they've hired minority coaches. Champ Kelly was with the Patriots once before um, as as one of these assistants in the front office. Now he leaves Chicago to be an assistant GM, a, a promotion for him. And what's to say, and his name has been in league circles like crazy, as as maybe even interviewing to be a GM. 
I feel like he won't last long as a Vegas Raider because I feel like he he's one of those promising you know front office people that is going to get a GM spot maybe even next season you know somewhere else and 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 kind of that's where you bring it into the front office you know more minorities in the front office more minorities on the, on the sidelines as a coach so until ownership changes you know and, and that kind of mindset gets thrown out of the league with the, with a lot of these dinosaurs that still have that same kind of kind of thought process until that goes away and we get more uh, minority owners and maybe even female owners, um, that, 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 that's not going to change. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul Matty, he says, uh, first of all, he goes, if I'm a head of coach, I want to hire who I want to hire, not who I'm told to hire. No, so, you're not told to and hire. He goes, and it's a touchy subject. Absolutely. I hear you there. Um, uh, and he says, I, I don't have enough of cultural for this shit. <laughs> I know it gets deep. I know that's what we do. We talk about the touchy subjects that nobody else wants to talk about, too. And, and we're hearing all sides of it, too. It's not like we're going to pass judgment on anybody, too. No. And we're not doing all that either, too. We're not afraid to touch any of that stuff. So it's all good. Uh, but we will move on in a little bit, too. Uh, you finished your... Uh, your Mick Ultra, but then I also just finished up my Raise Energy too. By the way, you guys go to repsports.com, Raise Energy, Woo! hit the promo code, raise them up. That's our promo code. Get yourself fifteen percent off. Yeah, uh, I just made I'll another right order. Now. I'm gonna get mine pretty soon. I can't. I can't. I wait. still got. I still got I'm a excited. bunch home. Still got a bunch so home. I'm excited so, hey, to listen, get you. Get that. Uh, we highly recommend this. This you know energy drink. I'll tell you right now mm -hmm. uh, because. Unlike other energy drinks that I've had in the past, like Red Bull, I think is disgusting. It, it's no good for you. It doesn't do you anything can taste beneficial like for you. The sugar, like uh, that too. but but this right here, zero sugar. It's got amino acids. It's got electrolytes. It's got a lot of good stuff for you. A lot of vitamins and everything. Uh, but it also gives me a ton of energy. Like I have it for a little while, and then when it goes away, it's like normally you would get. I would feel drowsy. You know, I get a little down. I get. I feel a little tired after it wears off. Not this stuff. This stuff, surprisingly, uh, when it does, you know, end that little energy boost, I don't crash. I don't feel drowsy. I just, okay, well, I'm good. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I'm, I, I have a normal feeling over me. So, uh, highly recommend Raise Energy Drinks. Listen, they got a bunch of other products, too. They got protein powders. They got, they got uh, even to-go uh, powder pouches for energy uh, that you can dump in your water. Mm -hmm. uh, so, they got a lot of different products. Great. This is something great for all you workout, your workaholics that, that like to hit the gym hard. And this is a great pre-workout. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, you know, give you enough energy to get through your workout and then you don't feel the crash afterwards. This is amazing stuff. But head over to raise, uh, uh, repsports.com and enter promo code. Raise them up. That's our promo code that really helps us as a channel. It really helps us. You know, we get a little bit of a, a commission on this. So uh, really, really, really great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it doesn't crash, too, because you get the hydration, too, on top of it, too. And it's not watered down to where I'm hitting the, the head all the time and peeing like Paul Matty is going to be doing by drinking the, the Mick Ultras. Yeah. Uh, you feel good, but it, and then you don't right. worry about that stuff afterwards. Uh, Paul Matty awesome. also said he, go, he goes, he had an asterisk, Al Davis. And he's right, yeah. because Al Davis he was said, the first person to hire minorities mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm, in the league mm -hmm. he had the first black head coach he had the first uh minority um um head coach as well uh, uh spanish head coach mm -hmm. and uh you know and he's also had the first black quarterback uh so there was a lot of firsts that al davis did before mm -hmm. anybody else did mm -hmm. and kudos to al davis for not looking at a person because of the color of their skin but more about the player or or, or a person in the front office 
You know, I mean, like, you know, even like it's just astonishing to me that we're still having this kind of negative discussion about, you know, minority versus women versus, you know, who belongs in the NFL, who belongs in the front office. It's bullshit. Let's just get rid of all that that kind of thought process. Let's move forward as a society and let's just hire the best person. That's that's all I'm saying. Uh, Paul Matty also also say uh, he goes, uh, don't mean to be controversial. Let the head coach hire who he wants. And and you're right. And Paul Matty also says just win baby. He's feeling it. He's loving, he's loving it. Uh but yeah, but I we we agree with you, Paul. I mean, I understand what you're saying. You play and to that's win the thing. The game. Herm Edwards said the best. You don't play to just play it. There you go. And, and that's the thing is hire who you want, hire the best person for the job. I'm just tired of this conversation that we keep having about, well, you know, you guys need to start interviewing this person, that person. It shouldn't get it shouldn't be like that, but it is until, like we said before, until some of the owners get changed out, you know, and we have new ownership, whether it be a minority, uh, a woman. When we get that new ownership, that'll change the landscape of the NFL and it will shift towards what they're trying to strive for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Winners don't use drugs. That too. That's true. That's true. So true. let's change from that subject now. Everybody I know we got Woo! into and stuff like that. Uh, feel free to post comments out there, too. What do you guys think about any of the subjects we covered? And if you have something else you want to talk about, too, we'll, we'll do it. Drop uh, it down Paul below. Maddy, bring up the USFL stuff. I don't know a whole lot about that stuff. We're going to try to educate ourselves some more about this upcoming league uh, and, and get into that some more with you guys. And maybe that could be <laughs> potentially a segment on our, t- our show. Uh, we got one right here. Uh, Mike Tackinson. He says, how unimportant would you feel if you were a mandated token mm-hmm. of your company a yeah. lot of current Absolutely. and former college coaches and former nfl guys that would uh run laps over having a mandated token um that's what i'm kind of feeling and mm-hmm. again because i don't know again unfortunately if you look at it from different aspects because i only know how i know to feel from what i'm viewing and seeing right i am not a minority i just try and rationalize what I see and what, what I, kind and of I dark experience. Right now. Got the hat on. I, I got the, the, yeah, the try. You're darker than me all the time. Look at it. It's that Italian in you, I could, dude. I, could, I'm, I, I got the German and the Scottish and everything in me. It's full <laughs> out. I'm just white as a blanket here. Look at it. And this guy uh, is freaking is is, is dark. <laughs> all right, don't get me on this. All right, but I'm trying to say that for me, if yeah. somebody tells me I get hired, right, then I'm questioning all the time. Was I hired because I'm that token woman? Well, Am I hired because I'm that token, you know, a minority? Or did I really get this job for my merit? But a lot of times right it's now not. You're trying to get hired for your merit as it is. You just don't know if, you know, they're doing it and bringing you in as the dog and pony show here just to bring you in because right. they have to. But now they're actually making it mandatory that they have to sign one of you guys. But. What, or ladies. But here's the thing is like the token person you're being brought in as a, as just an interview and you don't get the job. You're just you know, you're just going there for an interview for a, right. bullsh- a bullshit interview. Yeah. Uh, so they can go and hire whoever they want. So um, that's all it is. And it feels it's got to feel shitty. I mean, I don't know. I'm not speaking from experience at all, uh, but it's got to feel really shitty for one. And for yeah. two, it's not right. Because you it, take time to go in there too, and not even but that's that the, the company will it, the pay for to bring well, you. Well, no, there. they bring you there. They bring you there. Yeah, so, but you're still taking time out of your day or travel to go do something. Listen to interview. Yeah, to win 
again, am I just going to be this person, or am I? Yeah, that's what you are. Going somewhere with this? Am I going to? But that's be- where you. That's where you start to see some of these some of these candidates that do get brought in, right? Mm-hmm. And some of them are refusing to go. They're turning them down. It happened this offseason. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of minorities that were due for an interview, and they were like, "No, I'm not going there. I'm not going to Chicago." I'm not going mm-hmm. to. I'm not. Go, I'm not going to. You know, anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm done. Eric Bieniemy shut down a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and I understand he was in the playoff race and all that. Mm-hmm. But he flat out, when they were done, he's like, "No, I'm, I'm not even going to take the interview because he felt himself that it was just bullshit." Mm-hmm. All right, we've got a new know-it-all in the house, Joe. All right, let's go, baby. <laughs> we got the fire rises too in the house What's with us on, on Twitch. I One love of our it. first Twitch uh, right. guys up here. You are the Good first evening, uh, gentlemen. Uh, says i have the hottest take of the night oh, well let's hear it throw it go. out there let's hear let's this hot go. take i love it um joe and i aren't really big on hot takes we give our opinion and some people might see them as hot takes uh but we're not like your average everyday you know espn radio and those guys saying oh this is the we'll narrative that needs to be th- he goes lasagna is just spaghetti flavored cake discuss um <laughs> no it's not it isn't. And we're, let me start off my part of the debate first. Go for it. Lasagna, again, has more cheese that's in it. It's really cheese as a main part of it. Not only just the, the wavy noodles that are yep. in it, yep. but the cheese, the ricotta with the mozzarella. It's yep. a good mix of everything there. And then you have sausage. You, how much? How often do you add sausage to your spaghetti sauce and I things never like do. that? Never. So you the different types of things you could do with it. Also, the fact that you can even have a vegetarian one and oh, move yeah. along into that. I've never seen spaghetti do that ever. Yeah. Um, it is layered like a cake. Right. But that's the glory of lasagna because mm-hmm. lasagna is basically the cake of pasta if i would if you want to take that route if that's your okay. hot take here because there are many layers that you could do whatever you want with it you can have this layer of this and then change it up on there you can have your your sausages with your regular meats and then your ricottas and your veggies any way you do it i think it's great just like i think most cake is good for me but there's different ones that are better and there's many glorious ways you can dress it just right yeah i'm gonna put it real simple uh, listen, there's layers for a reason. Just like a cake, there's layers. And, and and just like, you know, Jim was mentioning, like, the cheese, the amount of cheese that's in it. Well, that's kind of like your cake. And then the the, 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 the lasagna, the pasta there, you know, that that's just kind of like to break it up just like a layered cake, you know. And and, and honestly, that's really all it is. It's just it's just like what, what the, the fire rises to, as I just said. Are lasagna is just spaghetti-flavored right like, cake. Uh, Man, I, I you know completely what? agree. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. Get the fuck out. This ain't delicioso. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but, yeah, but that's the thing. And then he said, also, Bills will win this year, Dolphins in 2023. Boom. Boom. There's a hot touché. Boom. He said touche. I like it. <laughs> you have balls. Uh, I like balls. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here but, hey, he comes out there. He comes out. Comes how, out swinging. How nice would that be, though? The Buffalo Bills are able to win, and mm-hmm. then they're going to be getting that glorious new stadium built, too, on top of it. Yeah. I mean, we've seen things like this to where teams have really start to move forward and be that hot commodity. Look Just, at what happened with the Rams going to yeah. L.A., get that new SoFi Stadium there to help out the Chargers a little bit because they can't do anything themselves. Um, and look out there, and they, they come back even a few years later and now win the, the, the championship here. Uh, 
Buffalo Bills, you got to be feeling that. You got to be feeling they have that the pressure right now. And again, now is the time to do it because right now Miami's trying to load. They're cocking their gun and getting ready to load up and fire here. Yeah, and and, and they definitely have the capability to because, listen, they're, they're kind of retooling this roster. They bring in Von Miller, too, to add to that pass rushing attack. And then this team was close in the playoffs. They didn't get it done, but it was close. Uh, so they are right there, and they could easily not only get back into the playoffs, get to the championship game, and who knows, maybe Buffalo is playing for the Super Bowl this season. I like it. The fire rises, too. This guy, I love it. He brings the fire. Absolutely. He says also, when he says about the Bills in 2020, or the Dolphins in 2023, the Dolphins' 50th anniversary from 72 season or the last Super Bowl, it's poetry. Absolutely. <laughs> poetry emotion, baby. I love it. I love it all That's together. a story this right is there. Nice. He goes, the last Super Bowl win. There you go. So, I mean, and that's the thing is like, this is what it's all about, everybody. You know, mm-hmm. come in, you know, with comment whatever you want down below. You know what I mean? And we'll talk about it. This is, we're, we're like the uh, most interactive show there is out there for football talk. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, we're not afraid to, t- to talk about anything NFL related for sure. Mm-hmm. Even lasagna. We're all down for it. So uh, we really, he said, we really wasted Dan Marino's career. Shake my head. We've had too much pain. Oh, so there you go. There you go. He is you a go. Uh, Dolphins fan. Dolphins there. fan right there. Speaking and, uh, as a listen, Dolphins fan. That's uh, nice. The fire rises too. I just got to ask you, uh, do you like what has transpired thus far as a Dolphins fan? Do you like the idea of, of, of giving away five picks for the star-studded Tyreek Hill, adding him to your team? Do you think your team is headed in the right direction for this season? Uh, he and what else did he say? He said, uh, oh, we got Colin Murphy, Colin Murphy in, the house. in the house with us tonight. What's going on, too? Colin? Absolutely. Uh, Bill's owner should be paying for the stadium, not New York. He's worth almost $6 billion. Right. And, and that's kind of the conversation that Jim was bringing up. We talked uh, the, about before their the, show. Yeah, before our show. And he was saying, like, how ridiculous is it that, you know, taxpayers are going to have to take on the bulk load of, of this whole thing. And. Uh, you know, what's going on with the NFL? And he was also kind of saying, like, why don't they pay more than $200 million, uh, per stadium? And that's the thing. Yeah, I is, screenshotted the amount. Let me just bring this up quick. The state is paying $600 million. Mm-hmm. The county, $250 million. Right. Uh, the Pagulas, which are the owners, yep. $350 plus million. And then the NFL now, $200 million. So the NFL pays the least amount. Right. And, and that's always been the regiment. You know, I mean, the NFL mm-hmm. get, will give up to them. And that's here's what you got to look at it as. The NFL doesn't have to pay anything for you to get a stadium. They don't. They don't. It's not part of their. It's not, you know, it's not written on the on the wall where they, they just absolutely have to do this, that and the other thing for for franchises out there. So for the NFL to come out and say, hey, we'll give you 200 million. We're just giving you. 200 million to help build your stadium. Yeah, it's not a ton of money in terms of state, you know, stadium builds, but it's something to start off with. So, um, I, I don't really kind of blame the NFL and what, how much they, they, they are handing out or whatever, but at least it's something, right? It doesn't have to be Where's anything, but money, it's something. Um, what else we got? We got uh, Paul Maddie. He says, Great show, guys. You, sh- you show respect to all your viewers. Absolutely, Paul. Well, that's, that's what, what we do. We about, love you bro. guys. We're nothing without you guys. Uh, the fire rises, too. Come in hot again. Boom. I like the new coach, better players. I am only uh, concerned about Tua. Feel like maybe we should move on from him. They gave it, they give him more weapons. Let's see if these new weapons work. Uh, also says, I was actually made. Brian Flores left. I was actually mad. 
Brian Flores left, but after the whole fiasco, maybe he butted heads way too much with the owner. That's possible too. Uh, we all we all know, you know, Stephen Ross is an old school guy, and, and honestly, I don't, I don't think he's the right guy to own the Dolphins. But uh, yeah, do you believe the correct. owner was tanking games for money? According to Flores, I was actually mad. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, real we quick, we kind of yeah, we yeah, just yeah. brought this mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you must have came in like right after we were done talking about mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. honestly, we. If this all adds up and is absolutely true for Brian Flores, and he he claims that Stephen Ross was was paying him money to lose games on purpose, but I would take it a step further, and I think it wasn't just about paying him money to lose games. I think Ross wanted Brian Flores out of of Miami because he was butting heads with ownership with Stephen Ross, and he just wanted he was looking for an out. He's like, how can I get out of this contract and get rid of this guy so I can move on and, and build the team the way I want? You know what I mean? So uh, Flores and him didn't see eye to eye with Tua. You know, Flores said I can win with Tua, and maybe, just maybe, Ross was on the opposite side of that spectrum, saying, no, I, I want to move on from Tua. I want Deshaun Watson. I want to trade Tua away. I want to bring Deshaun Watson in, and that's what I want to do. And he's like, no, I can win with this team. Don't do that. And by all means, was trying to pay him to lose games. And in turn, he was like, oh, we have a losing record yet again. Uh, you're not doing your job. You're fired. I, I, I have a sense that that's where it was headed. And now you're seeing this little bit of a shakeup. Now you got a, a new coaching staff again. We'll, we'll see what offense is going to be unveiled. We're going to look for like some jet sweeps, obviously, because Mike McDaniel's coming from the 49ers. It looks like that's what going to have a similar offense uh, like Kyle Shanahan normally uses, and it's going to work really well with guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. So let's see how that f- forms up. But also, uh, this defense is really good. Mm-hmm. So it's like this team has a lot of young pieces right now. They are ascending in terms of roster building. But can they put it all together? You know, that, that's the big critical thing. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see how that all shakes out. Uh, Paul Maddie said, what should I order for Burger King? <laughs> nice. Uh, he's got he's to he's he wash down or, yeah. or fill up yeah, his yeah. body, you know, with some food here after drinking those Mick Ultras here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think what really – do you like bacon? Because then I would say the uh, Bacon King is probably good. I think it's, it's a double good. patty with all the bacon on it. Uh, Honestly, I don't usually get in stuff. I'm not a big bacon person, but it Honestly, looks delicious. I don't delicious. think you can go wrong. But, yeah, Pick I a think sandwich. don't go wrong at all there. And right now I think, that, you know, you got the two for fives too. Do that up, you know, because you already got your drink. You don't need to do the, the, the double menu uh, with the double meals. So just do the two for five I think is the way to go. All right. Uh, yeah. um, the fire, the fire rises again. Too. He goes, I thought I heard Flores originally wanted the quarterback from the Chargers. Can't remember his name. And the owner was hell-bent on Tua. Um, uh, Justin Herbert? Is that what he's talking about? Justin it Herbert? It can't be Herbert because there's no way the Chargers were going to trade yeah, Herbert. Yeah. There's no way. Uh, maybe when he was when they were doing uh, the draft. He also says, I think two of the three years we were one game away from playoffs. Yeah, you were. And we ruined it. At the, at the very end, like always, although we probably would have been blown out in the first game of the playoffs. But even if that's correct, even if you were blown out in the first game of the playoffs, you made the playoffs. That's something that you can add to that resume and build off of for the, for the offseason and the next season ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul says, yes, bacon. All right, so there <laughs> there you can probably do, if you don't do the two for fives, if they don't have anything on there for the bacon, I would do the, the bacon king there. There you go. That's right. Uh, but yeah. Order 66. So with, with the, the Fire Rises 2 and what he states, um, 
I was under the impression from everything that I was hearing that it was about Deshaun Watson. And mm-hmm. and Flores wanted to keep Tua because he felt like he could win with him and this team going forward. Now, there could have been some cross-information that kind of got mixed up, and that's why I was led to believe one thing and maybe you were led to believe another. Uh, but again... These are the type of things where we hear rumors, we hear some news coming out, and we kind of grasp at it and try to put it together and, and make sense of it all. But we won't really know until like probably three, four years later down the road until something comes out. We're like, oh, back when, remember that whole fiasco with, you know, Brian Flores and the owner and all that? Then some some details will come out and we're like, oh, okay, so that's what happened. You know what I mean? Until that happens, we'll never really know the real truth. Um, uh, love the show. See you guys next show. Okay, Paul, take care. You're real nice. And can't wait to Fire see you next show. Chris. I'd kiss you. Yeah, uh, we love you, Paul. Thank you so much. The Fire Rises 2 also comes in. Uh, I also thought we wanted a trade for Deshaun, but they wanted like five players and two draft picks. In actuality, that could have been true, mm-hmm. honestly, because mm-hmm. the Houston Texans were seeking out big-time compensation for Deshaun Watson. Uh, he goes, but the Texans wanted so much. Yes, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing is it, it comes down to whenever you're doing a trade, and especially to a, a player of that caliber, a very young person in his prime, already proven, and especially at a premier position at quarterback, mm-hmm. it's going to cost a lot. Of, it's going to cost a lot in compensation. And if you're okay with it, like Cleveland was, you know, they said, hey, let's, let's freaking do it. Let's give whatever we got to give. Get him in here, because that's really what we're missing. We're missing a guy to take us over the Just top. Just do it! And they stopped believing in Baker, and rightfully so, because he made a lot of mistakes. So here comes Watson, and the Dolphins could have done the same thing. The Dolphins, hell. The Dolphins gave up five draft picks for a wide receiver in Tyree Kill that is costing them a shit ton of money. Uh, so how is it, is it really worth it? Because that's when you got to think about when, it, when trades happen. Is, is this compensation worth this type of player? And also the contract that we may have to give him to kind of keep him long term. So um, I kind of disagreed with the with the trade for Tyreek Hill because not only did it cost him five draft picks, but also now they're paying this guy as the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. So, I mean, do you consider Tyreek Hill? I consider him one of the best in the NFL. I don't consider, necessarily consider him top two. So, uh, to me, it's Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. It's kind of like a mix right there. And then you got some of these ascending younger guys like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf that are, that are kind of exciting to watch. Uh, but, but in the end, uh, nonetheless, let's, let's just say this. The Dolphins have been making moves to prepare for this season, and hopefully they get back on the winning track. You know, that's, that's, the, that's, that's what they're trying to do. And also, another big addition for that team is they now have a legit left tackle in Teron Armstead. That is huge mm-hmm. to help to help protect Tua, and with all these weapons around him, let's see some progress. If Tua does have progress and success this season, I definitely see the Dolphins not only sticking with him, but just continually to build this defense and this offense around him. And, and let's see where the Dolphins can end up. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 when you talk about the Tyreek Hill thing, I mean, not only just that him doing well and being that elite wide receiver it's about having that threat of him around what has it done for the chiefs in their offense uh to where so many people now have to try and game plan to him mm-hmm. 
and fortunate enough for the, the Miami Dolphins, they do have a lot of depth at wide receiver. I mean, because that will open up things for guys like Jalen Waddle and, and things. And now you have Cedric Wilson there, too. They just added from the Cowboys. A great and, pickup. Another yeah, great pickup. And to where now they're even thinking about maybe moving uh, Devontae Parker. Parker and stuff like that. And you I don't still think have it's going to there. But you have that type of depth and have him in that bat, in that uh, wide receiving court that opens it up for these other guys mm-hmm. to, to make some big plays for you as well. So it's a great move for them. Like Joe said, the compensation, I think, is a little too high. And Is that really the, the marker money. that's going to get money. you over the hump where you are right now? And like also the, the Fire Rises says, the big question has to be within just Tua altogether. Will he be able to do it? It's almost like for me, being a Giants fan, you got Daniel Jones here. He's got to be a show-it year. We're putting weapons around him or an offensive line around him, hopefully. See what he can do this year. If this isn't, if he doesn't do it now, then you know it's not it. And but this he, is kind of the feeling I think for Tua. This is the year he's kind of kind of turned things around. All Tua has to do is show progress. That's it. He doesn't have to be have a no have a phenomenal have year or anything I don't like that. Have to be stellar, but he but. just has to show progress mm-hmm. from what he mm-hmm. what he was showing before. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: is we've seen him have some success in this league mm-hmm. with less. Mm-hmm. We've, we've seen him actually do really well. Think about when Ryan Fitzpatrick was back with that team, and they were kind of going back and forth and didn't really know who was going to start every week. And then, you know, Fitzpatrick would start a couple of games, and all of a sudden Tua would come in there. Tua had some success back then. Mm-hmm. And until they decided to move on from Fitzpatrick, and now Tua's there, uh, minus the injuries, you, you know, that, and that's the other aspect of it is can he stay healthy? Mm-hmm. If he can stay healthy and show some progress – that's going to be enough. That's going to give the answer that the Dolphins are looking for uh, in, in that in, in that quarterback position. So Tua shows progress. He stays, and they build uh, around that team more. If he doesn't, then so, there's going to have to be a big decision made on Tua, like whether they want to keep going with him or they're going to move on from him. Uh, that's going to be a big thing. And then for Tyree Kill, now that they've made that big trade, I could see Tyreek Hill kind of take that same Debo Samuel role because Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. not only is he blazing fast mm-hmm. and he has crazy acceleration. That would but, be nuts. But he is strong. He, he, he might be short in stature, but he is built and he's built to take hits. He's, he can, he can, you know, he's very physical. And, and I, I definitely could see him like on those jet sweeps, you know, that, that, that Niners like to use. And, and also little, little screen plays to him and watch him take off like mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. Chiefs used to utilize him. So there's a lot to like in Miami right now, and let's see what they can do. Uh, he also says, uh, the fire rises too, also says, do you think the new coach is a good fit? Now, this is where, you know, it's all speculation, right? You know, you, you got Mike McDaniels coming from the 49ers, was the offensive coordinator, but let's face it, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. He was the one calling the plays. Uh, but nonetheless, Mike, Daniels, Mike McDaniels was learning under Kyle Shanahan to prepare him for possibly getting a head coaching job or a legit offensive coordinator job. So here he is. He's going to come up with a different mindset. It's going to be a very similar type of offense, but he's going to have a little bit of different wrinkles because he's going to want to do it his way. Uh, so do I think it's a good fit? Yes, because of the personnel that, that the Dolphins have with Tua, who does have some mobility, who can run if you if you want, you know, needs to or wants to. Um, they have some nice weapons on the outside now. Now you not only have Tyreek Hill, but you have Jalen Waddle, who showed promise. You have Mike Kosicki, a tight end. You have Devontae Parker. You have Preston Williams coming back. So you have some nice pieces. 
uh, and then your offensive line is getting better. So do you see progress? Let's see if they can learn the offense, one. Two has got to learn this offense. And then also, just like everybody else, everyone's got to create that chemistry. Everyone's got to build with each other. So if that can all happen, then yes, I think not only will it be a really good fit, but also with the personnel in place, I feel like this is going to fit the offense really, really well. Wow. All right. He also Next. says, here he goes. He's on fire. He goes, hey, I also would like to think that the trade was worth it because maybe these big names can now make other big players, free agents, et cetera, come to Miami. Maybe that's just me, he says. I, what I would say to that is winning makes people come to the team. That's really it what does. it is. You don't want it. There's going to be that weather, though, helps, though, too. I mean, and look at you look at the the. Um, the stuff with Tom Brady, all right? Because yeah. now, now you're hearing some of these things to where now some of the analysts and some of the anchors out there mm-hmm. and some of the guys deep around the game are kind of questioning what's going on. Tom Brady comes back out of retirement, but then you're also hearing things that they're, they're like, is there a trade with Miami? Is he going to go to Could Miami happen? now and stuff like that? Never know. And, and what he's talking about here too, now you see – because people start to put the pieces together. It's right. still nice weather. You're still there in Florida. Yep. You've yep. got uh, he'll probably take a deal on the on the low or whatever. No tax in Florida. Yep. And uh, you've got Tyree Kill to throw to. Right. Another big weapon. Jalen Waddle. Tom Brady get Jalen Waddle. Absolutely. You've got the running game. You got the three headed monster mm-hmm. that you have there as it is as well. You know, and 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 a defense that's up and coming. So I mean, uh, there you go. I mean, you you if you. They're thinking that way, right. and Tom Brady's going there. It could be that's what some of these guys, what bigger personality and bigger star than what you're seeing right here mm-hmm. than Tom Brady, the GOAT. And that, they're already for you. And to, and to run off of that, that will prove to you what Stephen Ross thinks mm-hmm. about about a coach, about, about that Tua situation. That right. right there is going to tell you if, in fact, he's dead set on getting rid of Tua and dead set on moving on from him. And they pull off a big-time trade and get Tom Brady to come over, and they send Tua to Tampa. That's going to show you right there everything you need to know. Brian Flores, whoop, some extra, some extra info in there to go to mm-hmm. with your lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how it all shakes out. Now, that, right now, it's just speculation and, and rumors. Right. But let's see if it kind of develops into something But if things like more. that happen, you start putting the things together. Because what also came out, the yacht visit to where he met with one unnamed star Deshaun Watson. Player that was the, the ownership was thinking about bringing in. Deshaun Watson. Right. That's why I thought it was odd right. that the narrative was always painted that ownership loves Tua. And Flores wanted this, blah, blah, blah. Ownership loved Tua. Maybe they did when they wanted to draft or something like that here, too. But I feel all those, those stories were fueled by the things that were going on with ownership. If they do try and bring in another star like Tom Brady, another qualified, yeah. you know, great quarterback here to take that role. That I think further proves his story about yeah. meeting on that yacht yeah, with right. a said unsaid player and to go in and replace Tua. So yeah. that just draws lines together, and I think where he has an actual chance in that lawsuit. The and fire he says, rises he says, too. Maybe says. we shouldn't have given up so much, but it uh, could be like the Miami Heat with LeBron, where a lot of players wanted to come to Miami and play for us. It, that, Not that, that he's comparable to LeBron. Yeah, but the LeBron effect would be Tom Brady. But that would be That's Tom really Brady, what just be. like that. But this is what maybe Tyreek Hill. What I was kind of saying though, too. Tyreek Hill gets there now. Tom Brady already comes back out of playing. Now 
even you see Drew Bruce Arians isn't there even anymore. He sees the weapons that are there again. He isn't afraid of jumping to going somewhere else. I'm like, hey, let's hop on and get these guys another ring too. He has that type of power mm-hmm. himself. But then seeing the personnel that they have with Tyreek Hill now and a young Jalen Waddle right. in the running game too, uh, he that you brought Tom Brady there, I think, too, in a sense too. So what are you saying? You're saying I'm that saying Tom, Tom Brady... Brady, if you didn't get Tyreek Hill at that point, I don't think there is discussions about Tom Brady going to Miami. But those discussions were happening before that trade even got consummated. I didn't so, hear so much about him until after that fact. Yeah, because it, it doesn't happen like mm-hmm. that quickly. So there mm-hmm. was discussions being happening right before even the Tyreek Hill trade mm-hmm. even went down. So uh, with Tom Brady, for him to be lured there, well, he doesn't have that, that choice. He 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 does doesn't they the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have him under rights mm-hmm. so unless the Dolphins were to blow Tampa Bay away or maybe even give them more competition than they thought they were going to get for Brady because let's face it Brady is not a young spring chicken anymore mm-hmm. and even though he's a great quarterback the the amount of money he's going to make is nothing compared to some of these contracts now you know mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers oh, yeah, just yeah. signed for like mm-hmm. basically on average fifty million a year mm-hmm. his contract is twenty million this season so that's nothing so of course they would. They would love to bring him in. And, mm-hmm. and if, if, if this does end up happening where Tom Brady does, in fact, get moved and the Dolphins are that team, that's got to get everybody jazzed up in Miami because now you, ha- you have a proven commodity at the quarterback position, which is big. However, here's the big if, is Brady, after the season, could just either retire after one season, could just want to play somewhere else after this season. So even if you consummate a trade and get Brady, there's no guarantee he's going to stay after one year. And then you're still now you're now you have nobody mm-hmm. at that quarterback position. So I I don't think it would be wise. I understand if if you were Super Bowl ready like Tampa Bay was, mm-hmm. where they had a great team all the way around and they're already proven, already ready. They just need to insert a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then you'd make that move to win a chip. Mm-hmm. But I, it, there's a lot of questions with Brady, like how long is he going to play? You're only going to have him for a year, then you lose, and you don't have a quarterback. So He says uh, Tom Brady bought a house in Miami. He always thought that, that was interesting. I mean, I mean, yeah, but we've seen this before, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Devontae Adams, before he got traded, bought a house in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe something is stirring. Maybe this is going to happen. But I would say it wouldn't be that wise because the longevity at that position, Tua is going to last longer than, than uh, you know, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, you think about what you're giving up, and it, un- unless you have absolute conviction that you are going to not only make it to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. kind of conquer it all and mm-hmm. win the whole chip, that's the only reason why you pull off a move like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says, do you think we should have kept Tannehill? Maybe we didn't use him properly, or he really is mainly successful due to the system and players around him like Derrick Henry. Yeah, I honestly, I think Ryan Tannehill. I I feel like the Dolphins back when that whole fiasco was going on with with Tannehill's injury, and then here comes Fitzpatrick, and and, and they have some success with Fitzpatrick, but Tannehill comes back from his injury, and then it's like, ah, oh, well, we don't even know if we really want you anymore because we see some success with other quarterbacks. Uh, I I always thought Tannehill had a uh, he was starter worthy. Mm-hmm. Never was going mm-hmm. to be, uh, you know, an upper echelon or a elite type of quarterback, even after his development. But he is the type of quarterback that needs a, a, a running system 
to where he can u- utilize some of his mobility, have play action, you know, and that's really what happens in Tennessee mm-hmm. as they, they mm-hmm. run with Derrick Henry. They do play action plays to get people open, A.J. Brown and so forth. And that's the kind of system that really fits Tannehill to a T. Right. But I don't I, – I think, A, you look back now and you, and you look at that Tannehill situation and you're like, I think they made the right decision. I think they moved on from him. And now look at where they are now. They have, I, you know, they have a better team in place right now. A lot of weapons now, especially getting acquiring Tyree Kill. You have a guy in Tua who could be the franchise quarterback, and and a team that's that's kind of built up a little bit here. Uh, so this is a team that is, I feel like if everybody, and and this is a big if, is if this offense everybody learns it really well and they create a lot of chemistry this offseason, this team could turn the corner pretty quickly. It really can. We've seen how good this defense can be. They got all these weapons now. They upgraded at left tackle. So if Tua can progress and show promise, this team could surprise some people in some games. Um, yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. Like I think a lot of it all depends. The player is who, we, who you think he is. He he can be a starter. He's starter worthy, like Joe said. Uh, system makes a lot of sense too. It does they they you know he didn't have stellar players on the team when he was with them before, right. you know. But if you got a guy like now with the Titans, you had Derrick Henry, who in that running game can get you ten yards a rip sometimes. Mm-hmm. Those explosive mm-hmm. plays to where it alleviates anything you have to do. I don't think there was a major season really stand out that except for like two years ago that Tannehill had a certain amount of yards and, and controlling the the, the 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 pace of the game um but he didn't also have a talent like Tannehill behind him and things like or like Tannehill right. like Ryan Derrick Henry behind him and things like that um so he's been beneficial of this and and you want to say should we could have kept him it, it, in the, uh, retrospect right now it makes sense yeah we probably should have but we see coaches we see players move on because of what's going on within the franchise or the team in that time and it they needed to change it up make a change you know things like that we've seen the jets move on from gms coaches Mm -hmm. because things were bad or whatever and things got worse with other guys after like when they moved on um from their gn uh what what the hell is his name uh uh i can't remember mike t but they haven't made the playoffs since he was the general manager, and they got rid for of what, him. For where again? Uh, the Jets. Uh, Tannenbaum, right? Mike Tannenbaum, right? Um, he was their GM when they had the Sanchez and all those guys and stuff like that. And uh, uh, freaking, um, what the hell is his name again? I can't remember. But Joe Douglas? It's not no, Joe no, Douglas. No, no it was before about? Joe Douglas. That's what I'm saying, though. Mike Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum. Is he the owner? No, he was the GM. This is what, will you listen to me? He was the I'm GM trying before, to. and that's what I'm saying. They had success then, and it wasn't enough. They felt they needed to make a change, got rid of them, and they've been worse since then. Haven't gotten back to there since then. But at that time, they felt they needed to make that change, and who's to say now since then, uh, was it any better? Are they in any better positioning right now? Um, 
And then uh, the fire rises says, that's true. Very easy to say in, in hindsight. Absolutely. So you never know. Uh, he says, I got to go to sleep, but thank you for all the great sense of humor and an awesome convo. <laughs> you got the sub. Hope to be back here. Uh, appreciate thank you. That, thank bro. you so much, buddy. We appreciate, that. appreciate the it. The fire rises too, everybody. Absolutely. Hey, he's coming in hot, he's, man. He's the commenter of the night, buddy. He's A the lot. MVP of the show tonight. Uh, Colin Murphy's with us here, too. He says, I don't think Brady would go back to the AFC. NFC is a much easier path back That's to the true. Super Bowl. That's and, a good point, too. And, and just to your point, here's the interesting thing is I, I just looked up. Brady has a no trade clause. So if Brady doesn't so want to be traded, to. he doesn't have to go mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if the Miami Dolphins come calling by chance and say, hey, what do you want? This is what we want. OK, cool. We'll do that. Let, let's make it happen. And then they call Brady, but like, Brady, uh, the Dolphins want to trade for you. Nope, don't want to go there. I'm good. He, he doesn't have to get, you know, it doesn't happen. So, and it gives him power to, if he, if he wants to go somewhere, he'll be like, oh, I'll make it happen. You know, this team and this team want to trade for you. Well, I want to go to that team. So that's the team I'm going to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We've seen this. We've seen it happen before. And, and this is why I feel like more players – and we've seen the frustration before. Put this in their contracts, right, or at least try mm-hmm, to, because mm-hmm. as, if you're a rookie and you get your rookie deal, you don't really have much say. You know, it's already kind of pre-done. It's it, the agents already got the you know the finer details already ironed out before you even get uh, get to the the facility, the team facility. Uh, so, uh, but if you're on your second contract, third contract, something like that, then you got then you have some say if you're a proven player to where like, hey, I want a no trade clause, by the way. Oh, you do? Some teams might be might be willing to do that because they're like, hey, that means that, you know, we got he doesn't want to leave. That means he wants to stay, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it gives it gives actually the player and the team more power. So whether uh, another team is that interested into getting them and the team's like, oh, wow, you want to give up that? OK, cool. Well, yeah, we'll give we'll give you, you know, this guy for, for that. Sure. Why not? And then they call the player. Even though the team was willing to do it, now the player doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. So it gives both sides some power uh, in negotiations and what have you. But Absolutely. that was interesting. I just found that out that Brady does does have a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. So even if the Bucks wanted to trade him, he could just simply say no. He's not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and uh, the other player I was thinking about was Chad Pennington. That's when Mike Tenenbaum was there too. Oh, you're, I mean, okay, you're thinking so, that far back. Uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, and that will that was probably the last bit of success they had had, you know, with that with that franchise. And like I said, Rex Ryan, yeah. Mark Sanchez, making it actually to the AFC Championship game, and none of those guys are there. No. And have they been better since? No, they've no, gone through coaches. They've gone through different GMs. Right, because um, they're terrible at drafting and they're terrible at uh, adding the right coaching staff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the GMs have, have, have been bad. Mm-hmm. So it's like guys like Joe Douglas, right? We pick on him all the time. And there's a reason for mm-hmm. it. It's not because mm-hmm. we just like to give the Jets a hard time, even though it's kind of fun right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like the Jets are one of those teams that are getting better. They're slowly getting better. Last season, you know what I mean? They get their quarterback. They add a couple pieces on the offensive line. This season, now it's like, okay, now we got to build around everybody. We got to keep this thing going. They got better at the offensive line yet again this offseason. Uh, maybe they're going to add some more uh, high-profile wide receivers. That's that's another thing, too, is with all these other, like the Jarvis Landrys and the mm-hmm. Julio Joneses mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, the Jets bring a couple of these guys in to kind of give not only a veteran presence, mm-hmm. but also to help 
you know, kind of reshape this team in, 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 the, in uh, the mentality that some people have towards it. So, and then at least who, they were in the conversation when you heard about Tyreek right. Hill hitting the market, possibly that they were there. They right, were there. To jump on it. But they were only, they were only giving up two seconds and a third. So, they were yeah. being realistic about the situation, though, because when you look at the Devontae yeah. Adams trade that went down, that, for me, set the bar. So when everybody asked about, you know, when the, the news was coming about, about Tyreek Hill being traded, where do you mm-hmm. set it? I said probably a little underneath of what Devontae Adams is. That's where right. I see Tyreek yeah. Hill. He's, yeah. he's, he's a great player. He's got great speed. Right. And you know what he is, not, I think, in that overall top mm-hmm. elite top three or so, like what Devontae Adams mm-hmm. is. So yeah. I valued him around where probably what the Jets had done right. in Miami. Just again, like I said, uh, the Texans or I mean, uh, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs were like, oh, you're going to have to blow me away. And they, they, they did it. And, and, and the only caveat to that is that because Tyreek Hill's younger. So maybe that's why they commanded a little bit more compensation and the Dolphins were willing to give it up. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, if you can get it, by all means, go get it. Uh, but uh, the Jets, and that's the other thing too, is they brought in Robert Sala, mm-hmm. who's a defense guy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That defense is still atrocious, so yeah. he's got a lot of work cut out for him. So that's the one thing for them. That being said, you know, moving on, uh, you know, it, there's a lot, there's a lot of variables, no matter what situation you know you're in, and the whole Brady thing, it's in, it's exciting to talk about. Maybe he gets who moved, knows, who but knows by next week. I mean, we'll if, see. if I'm Brady, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying mm-hmm. right there with a team that I'm already comfortable with. I already know the offense. You know what I mean? I, I, I run the offense, and, and I already have all the weapons I need. So. And right now you're in an easy division, the way I see it. That's NFC, the, the conference. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can get fairly easy, easily, yes. easily mm-hmm. win the division and easily get back in the playoffs mm-hmm. and maybe get, make another run. Absolutely. Absolutely. We definitely appreciate the comments out there, you guys. Sure. I mean, we just did a whole other conversation based on Let's the Dolphins go, and stuff we weren't expecting just because the fire rises from Twitch yeah. joined along with us. I know you guys on welcome, Facebook. Welcome, welcome. And stuff like that. I know we started off here on Facebook, and we love you Facebook guys, too, out there as well. Uh, but don't forget about our YouTube channel because you know what? What's special about our YouTube channel as well mm. is we have it set up so then if you are watching via YouTube, you get to see the Facebook comments. You get to see the Twitch comments. You get to see all the comments that are lighting up, and you don't need us to read them out to you guys out there. Uh, you can see it, and you can react firsthand by seeing these comments. Scroll down in the chat box, too. So it's another different type of experience. So if you haven't yet, go to our, our, our YouTube. Just search Football on the No Show. Hit the subscribe button. Punch the notification bell. Let you know wherever we go live. And if you haven't yet and you are watching us on Facebook, join our Facebook group, Football on the No Show, as well. We love the members. We love having you guys here as well and appreciate the support. Yeah, and help us grow this community of ours. You yeah, know, and, and what, we forgot to mention, is, too, this time about the Spotify and all that stuff, too, as well, Joe. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's the thing, too, is if you're, if you're listening to us on, on any kind of podcast platform, you can make sure you go ahead and hit the follow button. Follow along. Listen, we're the most interactive football talk show out there. That, I mean... That's what it is. This is what it's all about. It's all about the fans. You know what I mean? We want to hear what us. you think for once. It's we're about not going to put you on hold for 10 minutes and Listen, wait until we're done. And, and, and we'll react to anything. You yeah. know what I mean? As long as it's football-related. I mean, no, we threw in a lasagna question today, which well, that was, was interesting. That was fun, though. Uh, but, none, but nonetheless, you know, this is what it's about. It's about being interactive, sharing some knowledge, getting some bounce, you know, feedback back and forth about teams, about what the situations that are occurring. Uh, but it's it's amazing. We have a lot of fun doing this, and and you guys are the reason why. And it's Mastro is in the house. What's going on? It's, it's Mastro. Mastro.
I know he said What's hi up? earlier to JoJo. I don't know that he knows the fire rises and stuff like that too. That's awesome. Uh, a pleasure having you on. We there. have some new news breaking. New right news now. breaking news. Uh, well, so I gotta get the breaking news. That's right. Button, see if I can uh, get so the here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have given. Here we go. Wait a second. Come on, hurry up. This just in. There it is. ticker. Where are you at on this one? Uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers give Todd Bowles a five-year deal. So. Tampa Bay getting rid of remaining two years on Todd Bowles' uh, D coordinator contract Holy for Christ. new long-term head coach deal. So there's your answer right there. Boom. Ted Bowles, now's Todd Bowles be, now yep. is not, or Todd Bowles mm-hmm. is now not just the interim head coach. He is the head coach for five years running. Uh, wow, right? That's incredible. So now that whole Byron Leftwich uh, idea yeah, goes, we just talked about is just gets done thrown now. right yeah, out. Right. Uh, but, but, but listen, like you said, though, he will get an opportunity mm-hmm. next season for sure. Yes, if he does well too, and that's the thing. Another uh, offensive coordinator of color under a head coach that's of color too. Maybe that helps draw lines together too and, and help branch this thing further. Uh, with that all right well we're about to wrap the show up pretty soon in a little bit but you know what we're draft is coming it's a few mm-hmm. weeks away joe Very excited i haven't done a lot Cannot of my wait. homework yet i i'm one of those late minute crammers and stuff well, you like know that what? and we're gonna have our preview show but you in know a while but is the information that kind of gets filtered out especially early on oh yeah a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of it's fabricated a lot of it isn't true so we kind of let let the dust settle a little bit Find some some finer details on on the prospects coming out, and do our own due diligence on you know, watching tape and, and, and watch and and giving our own opinion on a prospect rather than just taking word for word what the NFL Network say or ESPN. Absolutely, and that's the thing. I don't listen to what they say with the you know I'll hear their opinions there there, but I really go and sit and watch tape and film on almost all these players here, uh, and, and not everyone, but a lot of the big ones here, and uh, we look through and I give you my own opinion on it, and we're gonna have uh, discussion. Discussions about that in upcoming too. Uh, in the next, whether we can do it next week or the week before or week after that, we are going to look, take a look back at 2019 to 2019 draft, which is a three-year window here to where you be, pretty much can look at a player yeah, you look and back. really you know what he is after three years. So we're going to look back at that 2019 draft and we're going to grade all the picks, the top 32 teams, the top 32 picks and how they did and whether it's a pass or fail, depending on how the player is now and how he's developed. Yeah. Cause uh, that's when, be that's when you get your best, with some of that. that's when you get your best, you know, you know, feedback or get your best knowledge about that player. Three years in the NFL, three years of a resume and to really kind of gauge, was it worth it picking them where they were picked? Or oh, yeah. was it uh, in the 2019 draft? That, that's going to be a real fun one to talk about, too, Joe. Uh, but Jacksonville Jaguars, they have the first pick here. Then the Lions and the Houston Texans. Then the uh, the, the New York Giants. So us as being got New Yorkers and upstate New Yorkers in here, we have a few teams here that, that picking uh, early on in, in this draft a couple times here. And... It's interesting uh, where they might go with some of these picks. Uh, we were talking about maybe the Jets should help out their defense, get the defense going. Robert Sala, known as the defensive guru, maybe they should go in that uh, uh, realm. Uh, the Giants really want to build that offensive line. Do they go offensive line? 
pass rusher here, but we've also heard about sauce. They want the sauce here. Uh, maybe get, you know, some secondary help for them. Uh, what do you guys think as, as, as you know, fans of your teams? Uh, we have guys watching right now. Light up the comment section. Let us know your team and what you think they should do in the draft here. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars now, they are under a new coaching mm -hmm. uh, setup here. And Doug Peterson, uh, yep. they've gone hot and heavy on trying to get personnel to help out Trevor Lawrence here in the wide receiver situation and things like that. Do they go defense again? This team has been traditionally a team that goes for defensive players. Um, do they go on that route? What would they no. go? And the Detroit Lions, I think, sitting here at number two, I think will be one of those teams to watch. Do they pass on quarterback in this one, which a lot of teams or a lot of analysts think that teams will because of the, the quality of quarterbacks coming out of this draft? How far does that slide? Some of them see it going even into the second round. I don't, I'm not a big believer on that because history has shown us that no matter what or what, how, uh, how, you know, fluid or how, how bad you think some of these quarterbacks are or how not strong of a class it is, that really hasn't mattered. The people, if you need that quarterback, they will go and get it whenever they can here. So what trades will happen? Who is going to trade back? Who doesn't really need one? Do the Giants try to trade back? Because do they believe in Daniel Jones enough not to get one of these guys? The Detroit Lions sitting at two. You have Jared Goff now. Do they believe in, in one of these quarterbacks that are sitting here to pick at number two? Or do they go for another type of guy that they need to fill a lot of the needs that they have? Joe, what do you think about this? Honestly, the Jacksonville Jaguars need to to pick offensive line. You gotta keep protecting your 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 um, the amount of incentives that you have for this quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. You just drafted him. You gotta protect him. You gotta keep this team going up. Listen, they you spent a lot of money at the wide receiver position, not in the best way. <laughs> But, you know, they add a guy like Zay Jones. They add a guy like Christian Kirk and pay him a lot of money uh, to come to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Will that be enough? Maybe. Uh, but, again, you have to continue to protect your, 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 your um, what am I trying to think of? Um, your, 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 one of the biggest positions that are for the NFL, you have to maintain keeping them upright. You have to protect that quarterback position. So Trevor Lawrence being a young quarterback, I feel like the, the head coach, you protect your head coaching hire is going to be great. Uh, you know, and it's going to be really great for Trevor Lawrence in his development. Uh, you're finally getting a guy that can kind of work with a, a pro quarterback and get, get him to play even better. Uh, you also got guys returning in like Travis Etienne, who didn't even see uh, the field last season. So mm -hmm. they got another weapon in him. And I know in the last regime was kind of looking towards using him as more of a receiving threat. This regime might like to do a little bit of both, uh, running on the ground and kind of utilizing him out of the backfield. But as far as the, 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 the draft pick they're taking, number one overall, it's got to be offensive line. It has to be to continue to protect them. It's got to be a guy like, um, what's his face, uh, from, from offensive lineman Akem Akwanu. That guy is an absolute animal. Uh, he will maul the crap out of you. Uh, so uh, I feel like he's the he's one of the safer offensive tackle picks in this draft. A guy that has, shows extreme power. A guy that uh, shows everything that you need in a tackle to protect your quarterback and even open up rush, running lanes. Akem Akwanu. 
definitely has to be the pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that's situations you want to do. You want to be able to keep your guy upright, and maybe we will see something better out of Trevor Lawrence this year. I mean, and you think, in real quick, you know, because I was just looking at the Detroit Lions pick after mm -hmm. that. Uh, it's got to be a pass rusher because you think about what, what has happened this offseason. Trey Flowers is now a free mm -hmm. agent. Mm -hmm. They moved on. Mm -hmm. They moved on from him because of salary cap issues. Mm -hmm. So now you need to replace that, 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 you know, that, that, that ferocious, that, 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 that attacking type of defensive end that he, that he was, you got to replace him now. And that defense needs help. So hopefully they're going to add guy, either a guy like Adam Hutchinson or maybe, um, uh, Trayvon Walker from Georgia, whoever fits the scheme the best, you know, look for w one of those guys to kind of slip right in there and for them to take. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, they could still fill out this offensive line even further and move on from from, uh, you know, from the left tackle spot or whatever. Now they drafted last year. They had used a high draft pick and they drafted the, their offensive tackle um, that they could double down. They could double down again for this this draft and take another offensive tackle or a high prized um offensive lineman at, at guard or whatever and and, and kind of move on with that movement of, of of further protecting Jared Goff and and creating a sense of stability at that offensive line position. They could do that. They could also go that pass rushing route like I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon uh Walker, there's a quite a few uh p players that they could go after, and, 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 you, and it would all make sense. But what I would say for teams like Detroit is they have a lot of needs. So if you got that high pick, look mm -hmm. to trade down. Mm -hmm. Bulk up on a lot of draft picks because in this draft, it's not about those top elite ascending players at, at the top anymore. This draft alone, there's a lot of even keel talent, a lot of, t a lot of talent that's out there that are all – really close to each other there's nobody really separating themselves from the pack so uh for this draft alone i would say trade back add some more picks and and further attack your needs down the road uh, it's mastro says i don't even know what the titans need to do uh besides keep henry healthy um when the titans pick uh 26th Oof, in, way uh, down in the there. first but they're, so, they're down there but again with the, the you, value like I, you're saying you can right. get this season. i would tell i would tell you this you're going to take best available. That, mm -hmm. that would be the mm -hmm. best thing to do is take best available, whether that be an offensive tackle that happens to slide to you, whether that be a guard that slides to you that you didn't think was going to be there. Or it, this draft is full, and I mean full, of offensive, ta offensive line talent as well as wide receivers like crazy. So even picking 26, if you want to pair a, a young stud with a guy like A.J. Brown to kind of open up maybe this passing game, you know, when they do utilize it instead of handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. You can do that. You can add one of these stellar receivers that are going to be right there in the sweet spot at 26 and attack there. Or you could attack also maybe a Derrick Stingley Jr. slips down to you at cornerback and you can kind of, you know, yeah, what passing game. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that you can help. Listen, I know you have a need a tight end. Maybe one of these better tight ends. Uh, you, you could take at 26. There's a lot of ways that the Tennessee Titans could go. And it, and again, it's an, uh, this draft is so deep with talent, and there's not a big um, lead between, uh, b between some of these players. Mm -hmm. and, and, and 
actually, the funny thing is, is what you get at the bottom of the first round, you could probably get in the top of the third round mm-hmm. in this draft. That's how deep this is. Uh, and so a lot of teams are going to be happy with that. You know, I mean, you're going to be able to fill a lot of holes and, and maybe early contributors uh, for the upcoming season. Right. I mean, in that Titans team, I, they even surprised me last year with the injuries that they had, had gone through, too, especially not having Derrick Henry and being able to come back at around playoff time. Unfortunately, it didn't help him enough to make it further into the playoffs, but be able to make the playoffs and be able to play well, uh, despite some of the issues that they were facing, mm-hmm. shows even how well coached this team is altogether, too. Uh, because when you're looking at a team that's run by, um, you know, Ryan Tannehill here, you didn't have Derrick Henry. Uh, you had A.J. Brown on occasion, but then he, he was out. And then Julio Jones, you expected to be that guy there, too, and he was injured back and forth. So, so you didn't even have your full team at your palm of your hands all the whole season here and still being able to make that wild card in that tough AFC it was it shows you how how well coached that team is and what they could do just add some more players to that guys and then maybe you can uh starts to see a, uh, one of those passing games you know develop here for them uh Colin says uh the Bucks need to get guard uh, a guard to replace Ali Marpet uh safety to replace Jordan Whitehead uh they did lose some guys here uh, um um in the offseason here too and yeah I mean that makes sense for them too here uh and you saw their defense take a little step back a little bit last year uh but they want to get back to where they were when they made that that um strong run for the for the super bowl here and gearing up now with tom brady that's what they want to do didn't the tampa bay buccaneers sign a safety and free agency was it marcus may or was that with the uh, uh saints i think i'm trying to remember who it was saints i don't know i, I, I think something they did. tells me something tells me that they signed a safety but if they didn't um, I don't think there's going to be anybody mm. right there that you're going to want to take because I, I, I feel like um, the, the kid from Notre Dame, what's his name? Kyle, what is it? Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I don't think he's going to fall that far in, the, in this draft in the first round. I, I feel like he's going to be picked somewhere in the middle. Uh, so that, that's kind of out, of out of realm of possibility. But if you're looking at guard, possibly a guy like Zion Johnson from Boston College, guy who's an absolute beast, uh, would fit very well with the, with the Bucks offensive line. Uh, that's someone to keep, kind of keep an eye on. Also, there, there's a couple. There's a guy like Kenyon Green uh, from Mississippi State. Maybe he falls down to you. Uh, I would I would jump on that as well. Both guys are going to be studs in this league. So um, if you're looking at guard, a couple of names to keep an eye on. If you're looking at safety, safety is a little harder to. I mean, if Kyle Hamilton doesn't, maybe he slips. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but he, he's one of those hot commodities right now. There's still other safeties you could add, uh, like maybe a Daxton Hill, uh, may, maybe a Lewis Kine. Maybe, you know, there's some names that are out there that if you really are convinced that that's the guy that you need to take, I think the best um, best quality for that pick would be guard because that's when you're going to get the, the most uh, value and, and benefit out of in, at, that, at that position. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe, I'd mentioned the um, the the Jets and the 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 Giants are going to be picking twice within the top, we'll say 12, 15. Um, where do you we've talked about the Jets a little bit and what mm-hmm. they should do? Maybe what about the Giants now? This has been the main question for them. Picking too, fifth overall. They have in all, in the offseason now grabbed some a center they've grabbed the mm-hmm. guards they grabbed mm-hmm. tackles mm-hmm. uh they're cutting some guys yeah. making some moves yeah you're hearing about bradbury possibly going to the chiefs still not sure I think there's just, other teams that are you know out there to still looking in, to trade in conversations because sure. they still have a little bit of cash to get rid of here to get 
in a good spot with the mm-hmm. cap here. You know, other teams just said screw the you cap need, altogether. But so if you have, uh, you know, one through seven picks, mm-hmm. you need about ten million dollars to pay the mm-hmm. rookies. Yeah, and that's the so, thing though too is they need that money to right. be able to pay the rookies, yep. and then, so that's what they're trying to face and mm-hmm. try and move on Bradbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some Giants fans around here are like, oh, why are we doing this? Other ones that are more down to earth, they're kind of like, well, we need to be able to do right. this. And yeah. are we really going to be that good this year that Bradbury is going to help us and save be us the and we're going to make the playoffs? Yeah. Here we go. He didn't do that for us last year. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so what do you think, sitting at five and then seven now with the Giants, what's their best uh, line of attack here? We've heard, like I said, certain some names come out for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they try and trade back and then load up on some more offensive uh, alignment or when do they go for a pass rusher do they get some one of these uh secondary guys mm-hmm. what's your opinion on what they do here i think the best you know line of attack for the giants is now that they're picking five and seven that's great you know you got two premier picks you know that they could utilize a couple different ways they could take one of those picks and trade down to, to build up more draft capital get like a couple second rounders or something like that by trading one of those first rounders out, or they can keep them both and take best available there. So the Jets, I feel like that's going to be the one team to watch because they pick right before the Giants is Sauce Gardner at corner. Like if they plan on moving on from Bradbury, what's a better way than to add one of the premier talents at cornerback in the draft to replace Bradbury and you send him packing and and get a few more draft picks uh, that way. So, you could stay there at you know at five and mm-hmm. see what the Jets take because Jets have been rumored to take Sauce Gardner too mm-hmm. because he's that special of a corner. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, Giants could pounce on him then, take him at five, and then at seven come back and take an offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or even at five if they, if that's what they want to do. Say if Sauce Gardner's already gone, take a guy like Evan Neal if he's there. Take a guy like Ikem Aquanu if he's there. Take a guy like Charles Cross if he's there. All three of those, I feel like, are very deserving of that kind of a high pick. Uh, other than that, um, Kyle Hamilton at safety. Pair him up with McK- uh, man. I keep, I always screw up his last name. Is it McKinney? Xavier McKinney. Xavier yeah, McKinney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pair him up with Xavier McKinney. Now you got two studs at safety. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 kind of build that that back end of that defense up. So there's a lot of ways the Giants could definitely go. Definitely have to use, if you're going to keep both picks, you have to use one for offensive line. You've got to continually to build that, that offensive lineup because you know as well, because you're a Giants fan, the heartache of not having a good offensive line to either help protect your quarterback or open up rushing lanes, it, it, it's, been, it's been, you know, overlooked, to say the least, in New York. So definitely attack offensive line. And also, uh, you know, you could go a lot of different ways, whether it be corner, safety, um, maybe even a receiver. Because, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, like Sterling Shepard, he has sometimes he has a hard time staying healthy. And, and maybe they might look for one of these studs like, you know, um, Chris Olave or, or someone like that to kind of stretch the field. So mm-hmm. we'll see what the Giants do. Now, I don't have a ton of confidence in your GM. Why? But... <laughs> Because he does love the defensive yeah. men, mm-hmm. and he likes to take them out. Mm-hmm. The one thing that'll that'll work in your in your in your spot is that the fact that he loves defense, and Sauce Gardner might be there. He, he might, might be there. He might pounce first, on and then we'll see what happens after that. And then pass rusher. You know what I mean? He's always he loves those pass rushers. Right, right. Uh, Godzilla Media is in the house with us tonight. What's going on, guys? 
There you go. He goes, uh, he goes, I can replace Ali Marpa. There you go. So God says he'll, he'll go. He's going to throw his hat in the ring on that one. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. That'd be great. How about that? Um, hey, there might be a spot hey, on, on Joe's right. flag team. Gosh, you know, you know if you're interested, <laughs> man, I I always look for for more talent. So yeah. go ahead. There you go. What do you shoot me you a message, play? bro? O line, D line, or you can do That's both. Right. Whatever you want, buddy. We'll we'll shoot, you him up, a, shoot him a message. We'll get you suited uh, back up. I know what you're saying there, though, too, because uh, the the fact you know that he's a defensive minded. Hopefully so, and you just hope that he's not going to be <laughs> doing uh, what. We've seen Dave Gettleman do again, reach on certain guys. You know, you, know, you might like that's Daniel not Jones, out of the realm but not of Gettleman there, though, too. Uh, it is scary because yeah. I'm seeing the parallels where Dave Gettleman came in and he was from the Carolina Panthers organization, started bringing f- familiar faces from the organization. Mm-hmm. You're seeing that a little bit with Joe Shane, too, now, former Buffalo Bills here. But I like the quality of the players that he's bringing in from the Buffalo Bills as well, though. So this looks like uh, it could be good, but they're also kind of insurance policies, I think, for for that type of aspect as well, where he can still draft and fill needs and spots. And he has these veterans here that can still uh, be there as an insurance policy. Um Bruce Arians, he says, uh, Godzilla Media says, Bruce Arians was Coach K. This would have lasted, if he, if he was Coach K, this would have lasted all year. Uh, and he says, call my agent about the, uh, the flag. There you go. Hey, the so, so the you're saying there's a chance. Yes, that's right. All right, so uh, <laughs> Bruce Arians and Coach K. Uh, maybe. Eat. Bruce Arians, again, Joe and I, I think, have a different opinion, especially of what media thinks of Bruce Arians. For some reason, I think Bruce Arians is a media darling. And in some of their eyes, um, I have a different opinion as much as so, you know, because I mean, he has shown some success. He's been a veteran out there, but he uh, again, you can't put him. I, I know maybe what you're trying to say, maybe with Coach K, he cannot be on that same bar mm. ever. You know, what I mean, it's totally different here. Um, uh but I, I know what you mean about trying to do like a, a remembering tour, a retirement tour as you're going on. Mm-hmm. Like like some people have said, maybe Aaron Rodgers could have done uh, with Green Bay last year if he was truly going to leave or retire and, and stuff like that. Um, I don't think, at least for me, I would have had that kind of recognition for him. And he's nowhere near on that same level. Uh and, you know, he's moved on. I don't think it's going to see a big difference here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though, too, because, again, you've got Tom Brady, who is the general of that whole offense. Uh, Byron Leftwich still there, who ran the show there. And also Todd Bowles in that defense all together, the same type of scheme. I think they're going to still rock and roll with Lech, uh bitch slapping on the sidelines. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. That's my hot take on that. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, but, hey, guys out there, you are a media member from around here to upstate New York, too. What's your take on the Giants? What do you think they do? What do you think the the uh, the Jets do at their pick, too? Those guys are picking right there neck and neck. Uh, where do they go with this? What kind of uh, um, maybe confidence do you have in Joe Douglas to help turn this team around? Because he is making some moves, a lot of moves for the Jets. I'm still waiting to find out this season and where that leads to them. I don't think they're spectacular, but he's making moves. If he, uh, but he's still on that time that he's trying to save his job right now. So yeah, if this is a right. bad draft for him, which he's not known for having great drafts, right? He then you might see the wheels start turning again to where now he's hot seat. 
and now we're looking at he's Robert a, Sala now. Yeah, he's, again. A, he's also How long known is he for there? he's also known for trading away all his first round picks. That's true since too. he's been there. Mm-hmm. So if he's still there in two to three years, expect one of these first round picks or maybe all of them being traded away anyway for compensation. Mm-hmm. So and and that's kind of like um, you know that's how we got these high you know this other this extra one and and so forth. So he keeps trading away the players that he originally drafted to get other first round picks possibly. You know what I mean? So um, definitely not doing a good job. And I don't know why it's taken this long for the Jets to kind of maybe move on and get a different GM in. They're giving him one last shot, I guess, and let's see what he can do. And because the pressure has been applied to him, saying, hey, listen, if, if things don't change soon, you know, your job's at stake. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where that's why all of a sudden you started to see him be a lot more prevalent in the free agency of adding talent, you know, in free agency and spending that money and, and acquiring draft picks. And, and now that he has a couple of them, don't screw it up. Don't mess this up mm-hmm. and, and try to keep furthering build uh, around for Robert Sala and company to, to hopefully get better. Yeah, absolutely. But they got to do something because this AFC East, too, is is getting better now with what the moves that the Dolphins have made. The Bills are who they are. They're looking to make another push. They feel they kind of got screwed in that in that uh, overtime loss in the in the playoffs. Uh, Patriots, they're a big head scratcher for me this season. It seems kind of weird now. It seems like uh, I don't know. Maybe now it, I kind of look at it as it maybe that old grandfather that you really liked and you, you hung out and you trusted what he did, but now it seems like maybe some dementia is creeping in a little bit. <laughs> you know, now uh, I'm starting to get like, is this them just being very meticulous or very smart that I'm not understanding what they're doing? Or now they've leaned in towards the batshit crazy area now because again, uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick coming coming out and actually doing some interviews there at the owners meeting, you know, coming out and saying some things, uh, switching up roles with the coaching staff, uh, bringing back former players that they have already moved on from before. But then, you know, now, you know, they've got him back. Malcolm Butler back in the house. What? You know, things like this. Uh, and we saw them make a, a surge last year with the personnel that they had in Mac Jones making to his uh, first playoff in the in the in the uh in his rookie season um, and, you know, got his, sh- his feet wet, obviously not ready for the situation yet, uh, but we don't really thought, we never thought the Patriots were really ready to make that push anyways. They kind of were premature, I think, in that particular situation here. But now with the moves that they're doing here, or even lack thereof, let me tell you that much, um, I'm a little scratching my head here with the Patriots, and I don't know really what to expect coming out of here. That's a lot of things, too, is that and Josh McDaniels in, moving on in too? the NFL league circles. They've also expressed confusion on what the Patriots are up to because mm-hmm. uh, they bring back Joe Judge. Classic Patriots move. Mm-hmm. They bring back Matt Patricia. Classic Patriots move. What's not classic is the fact that what positions they're holding right now. You know, Matt Patricia, who's a defensive minded guy, is now coaching the offensive line. Uh, Joe Judge. Uh, is is an assistant, not even a coordinator. He's a, he's an assistant, not even an offensive coordinator, which I thought was going to end up happening. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Uh, so, and then Bill Belichick comes out and he's like, oh, maybe I'll call the plays on offense, even though I'm a defensive minded guy. Hmm. Uh, and then on top of it all, so a story that kind of didn't really get out there that much is the fact that uh, in at the combine. Uh, the, the Patriots had not not a head of scouting, not a mm-hmm. you know veteran scout, 
uh, or anything like that. But a lot of times teams will send out their head of scouting or GM or what have you talking to prospects agents, uh, you know, and, and trying to get further information from them about about said player. Uh, but the Patriots took it a little bit differently and, mm-hmm. and they sent a four year uh, four, four year term <laughs> as a assistant scout. Mm-hmm. assistant scout mm-hmm. nobody of any real prevalence but an assistant scout to to interview these agents about their prospects i'm telling you it was a former so masseuse yep. it, it, it was it's kind of perplexing you know on what they are doing and some of the decisions that they've made i mean just like jim was saying too malcolm butler's returning mm-hmm. and you know that that's another classic move but He's also coming back from major injury. Mm-hmm. You know, how He's is he going to even be able to play after sitting mm-hmm. out for mm-hmm. a year or two? Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, a lot of confusion there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is going to end up being the same Patriots team. We could be looking at them now and be like, what the frig are they doing? And then next thing you know, they're like, oh, they're winning games. You know what I mean? And so uh, we don't know, but there's a lot of confusion in New England, mm-hmm. uh, especially t- teams outside looking in. And us included, not really sure where they're going to be headed, but with the uh, with Josh McDaniels leaving from the offensive coordinator role, taking a head coaching job, and also McDaniels poaching a lot of the offensive staff mm-hmm. that was originally mm-hmm. there to bring with mm-hmm. him. Now it looks like New England is in a little bit of a, a you know a, a predicament here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it doesn't look like they're handling it too well. Yeah. Um, so- that that'll be an interesting thing to look at with this division. Uh, we we talked about on about a few different things up in the the couple of early picks here, especially that related to us in this area in this draft. There's a lot more draft talk to be to be had in the next following weeks. We're going to give you guys our mock draft too moving forward. We are doing a uh, live uh, broadcast too on draft night too. We're figuring out everything there, all the information. We will let you guys know as soon as possible. Uh, we're going to do, let's try to do it next week. Let's just do it next week. You want to do the 2019? We'll look back at it three week, three oh, years yeah, we'll ago. 2019. 2019 draft review. Uh, review. We're going to look back at it, give pass fails for everybody. That's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys join us for that one next week. We've had a lot of great times talking with you guys. We've great conversations. New know-it-alls out there. Shout out to everybody out there, the new subs. We appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. It. Thanks to all the news know-it-alls now that are mm-hmm. part of this community. Listen, if you're new to the show, if you stayed to this far, this yeah. point, uh, make sure you give us a follow on any podcast or any platform that you follow your podcast on. Hit the follow button. Also, search us up on Facebook and YouTube, Football mm-hmm. on the No Show. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. That's right. Dial it in. Mm-hmm. Build that up. And then also hit the notification bell to let you guys know when we go live. Listen, we're the most interactive football talk show out there, and we're here to stay. And it's just all for you guys. You guys make this possible. You guys make this fun. And that's why we enjoy ourselves. We have a great time talking with you. Also on Twitter, at FB underscore no. Become a all. Get right. See you Wednesday night. You heard it here. Join us next week from 8 till 10 Wednesday night for more Football on the Know with Jim and Joe.